Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today, I got my little guy doing an intro. Today, we have Manny Chi. Manny Chi. Manny Chi. Yeah, today we have Manny Chi. Uh, my little guy was hanging out in here, so I'm going to do the intro. Um, great podcast. We drove down to Arizona, me and my oldest, and we got to stay there, hang out overnight. We didn't get to do any fishing because uh because it worked for me i had to do a lot of stuff yeah. and i i didn't get a time yeah. to take off yeah. and go uh hold on one second i'm gonna get this guy out of here all right we're back with mangichi <laughs> um yeah we drove down there it was fun time thank you manny for having us down there hanging out at the house wish we could have went fishing but we had a blast drinking some beers the night of and it was the first time i've been away from my i guess my wife for 20 years since i've been on tour gosh yeah before the kid uh, crazy, but f- super blast. Um, yeah, I hope you guys like this one. It was two hours long. We answered everyone's questions and let's break into our new segment. The voicemail call in, um, this one, uh, this is something new. I just want to do something different so you guys can interact with the podcast and this will be the first one. I'm not sure who it is, but I'm going to play it and then I'll say a little piece after it. Listen here, Nick. Okay. I'm the champ. I'm the heavyweight champ of drinking. Can't shotgun me. Oh, shotgun you. This is Chris Monroy. Most of your listeners probably know me. Everyone at Performance Tackle knows me. I want you to know that I love your fucking shit. Your shit's tight. I listen to that shit all the time. On my way to work, when I'm saving lives, you know, I'm just a hero. You know, no big deal. I'm on the front lines fighting the COVID. But I'm also a big fan. One day, we're going to fish together. I'll probably touch your pee-pee. But we're going to have a great time. This one's for you. Shout out to the boys. Everyone at uh, Save on Tackle. Everyone at fucking Performance Tackle. You guys at Cast and Crank, I'm surprised you even fucking wanted me on there because I'm just a living legend, an absolute champion. You know, just fucking absolute chonk of a fucking of a of a mastermind. Uh, fuck me, dude. This is like, hold on. Yeah, 
So, um, call out your boy. I'll uh, point you in the right direction for anything you need. Um, just want to give a shout out to, uh, you guys. And, uh, yeah. You're a champ. Keep that shit up. Don't stop. Don't ever stop. Do what you can do when you can do it. Later. I want to say a little piece, piss, piss, piece about Chris. Uh, Chris is a nurse, so let's say thank you to Chris for doing what he's doing. I, I don't know if anyone, I believe in COVID. I know some people don't. I do. Uh, I've seen numbers, and it's scary to me. And like I've said before, I'm scared of it, and I don't want to get it. And I try to be as safe as I can. And thank you, Chris, for being out there and being on the front lines, man. There's a couple of guys I know that are out there uh, doing the thing and helping, you know, keep us safe. And he's one of them in California. Thank you again, Chris. And here's another one. This is probably going to be a funny one. <laughs> Doctor, 10-pounders biting in my bathtub on the depths 250. Doctor. This one's going to lead into a... A little commercial for Optimum Baits. Thank you, Optimum, for sponsoring this podcast. Not only are they sponsoring it, uh, Manny sponsored by Optimum as well with Debs 250, and he gives us a cool breakdown and some tips on it. So here's a little piece from Optimum and from Butch. So check it out. A lot of companies come and go here today, gone tomorrow, One Bait Wonders. Not Double A Worms and Optimum Bait Co. These guys have been producing premium soft plastic baits and winning Best of Show awards since 1982. 1982, man. Shit. I was born in 1980. That's a long-ass time, man. Man, from way back, including the first ever swim bait poured with an internal lead head, AA and Optum have been leaders and continue to crank out some of the finest and high-end swim baits and soft plastics in the industry. They live and die by the old man's motto, evolve and innovate. So in addition to their manufacturing capabilities, the company is the U.S. importer and distributor for premium Japanese brands, Deps, Ima, Zapu, and Madness Japan. Considering Ground Zero and the Swimbait Glide Bait Revolution, Optimum Baits has been working with previous podcast guest and podcast supporter, The Doctor! Doctor! And I just stuck it on a Depths 250 slider. <laughs> Himself, legendary Butch Brown, as well as Satan Shimada of Japan, to name a couple. These guys set the bar and are directly responsible for some of the most innovative, big fish producing, PB catching swim baits on the planet. And lucky for us, they're still at it. Depths just launched the new Butch Brown Gizzard Shad in the entire Slide Swimmer series, 250, 175, 145, and 115, as well as a couple new bluegill swim baits, the Depths Tiny Bull Shooter, and the Bulldoze. Manish Japan just released a 245 size balance and smaller sizes of the Sapar at the same time Optimum dropped the new 8-inch Papa Boom weedless swim bait. Don't wait, scoop them up at your favorite dealer or visit OptimumBaits.com. Follow them on Instagram at OptimumBaits. Cast and crank. My name's Butch Brown. That's how you do it, brother. This is Monday morning. See ya. Have fun at work, doctor. Yep, thank you, Optimum, for sponsoring the podcast this month. Also, we're coming up on 150th, so that'll be, I think, January 4th. That's going to be with Bobby Martinez. Uh, you guys might know him as Big Dick Bobby, Bobby 10 Pounds. He's a buddy of mine that's seen the podcast grow over time. So if you guys have questions about the podcast, are for Bobby. We'll be doing call-ins. i got to find the guy that's going to control the, the call-in board. And uh, first hour, we'll probably do an interview. Second hour, we'll do call-ins. Be a cool thing. 
something different. You guys could actually talk to Bobby or to me if you want to talk shit to me. That would not be cool, but I'll take it. <laughs> and uh, here's a piece from our next sponsor. This month is Ketchum. Uh, if you're down in Newport, check them out. Ketchum Tackle. Ketchum is your one-stop tackle shop for all things Daiwa. Ketchum is an authorized Daiwa dealer stocking all the latest and greatest tackle for all types of fishing. From trout and tuna, bay bass and calicos to white sea bass and rockfish, catfish to swordfish and everything in between. They have what you're looking for and it's now in stock. The new Daiwa Sotiga lever drags and the new BGMQ saltwater spinning reels in stock. The Bulletproof Lexa, Tatula, and Zillion Baitcaster reels or the super reliable Fuego LT or Ballistic LT spinning reels are in stock. The number one go-to sword fishing setup, the Seaboard 1200 and the matching Seamarine Power Rod, they got them. Ketchum also has a healthy inventory of the new Daiwa Zakana jigs along with the J-Braid and J-Floral travel bags, tackle packs, travel rods, you get the picture. Specializing in angler know-how and customer service, Ketchum stocks everything you need and nothing you don't. Boots, gloves, fillet knives, gaffs, there's just too much to list off. The quintessential five-pound bag stuff with 10 pounds of the best tackle on earth. Organized and clean, Ketchum is located at 103 E17th Street at the gateway to Newport Harbor with easy in-and-out access and plenty of parking. Follow them on Instagram at Ketchum Tackle, and remember, support your local independent tackle dealer. All right, we have one more ad as Fish Lab, and I'm going to play a couple more of these uh, call-ins. If you guys have a different idea, pl- please feel free to message me and go, hey, try it this way. I'd like it better that way. I'll, I'll take everyone's idea in to play these like little uh, call-ins. <laughs> They're pretty funny. So I'll play a couple more quick ones, and then uh, you guys can get to Manny's podcast. It was great. So here's a couple more of the call-ins. Motherfucker, titties, sucker, two-ball, bitch. Mama's in the kitchen making red out shit. Brothers in jail, daddy's in hell, sisters on the corner singing pussy for Yeah, I have no clue who the hell that was. It made me laugh when I heard it, so I'm going to put it up. Um, this next one is a little more serious. This is a podcast about uh, kayak fishing. I listen to it time time and time again. Like I listen to all, I try to listen to a lot of fishing podcasts. I like this dude. He does something good. So check him out. It's called Doc Dark Doc Dark Waters Podcast. Uh, look up Dark Waters Podcast on Instagram. Check him out. What's up, man? It's Josh Smith from the Dark Waters. Enjoy the show. Love the energy. Um, just great, great shit going on over there, man. Um, been drinking about been drinking since noon today. So. A little intoxicated, but uh, love the show, man. Uh, thanks for all you do. Bye. Again, guys, this is something new I'm trying. If you guys want to give your opinion, please message me on Instagram on castandcrank.com. Cast and Crank Podcast. And uh, let me know what you think. You know, maybe there's a different way I could go about it. Um, I like to try to put all the ads in the beginning, so it'll be cool. And then this in the beginning. Also... Uh, don't forget the call-in, so I'll let you guys know the day of when we do a call-in where you can ask questions from the guest. I'd love to get do it for Gilbert and Purcell, but I just don't think I'm going to have time. But we have a lot of other guests coming up you'll be able to do it with. And, oh, one more thing really quick. Uh, a friend of mine, Peck, you guys know who he is, uh, Slay Dirty, had a little thing going on. So Slay Dirty COVID Relief Part 2. We raised over 2000 during the last dollar game in phase one of COVID, but we could do better. Each spot is $5 at unlimited spots. Winners will receive help since we are going all since we are all going through this together, hoping to give over $3,200. But the more we raise, the more we give. So please check that out. Check out Slay Dirty. 
They're doing something cool for the community. I really don't have time to get out and do a lot of things right now because I'm super busy with the kids. I have three kids and you guys know how it is, but I try to support who I can. And this is one of the guys I want to support. So please check them out. Please check out Swimbit Underground and please check out uh, the giveaway they're doing. You can see it on the podcast page. And here's a little piece from Fish Lab. And I hope you guys enjoy Manny. Thanks for listening. Get outdoors and spend some time in your lab because in theirs at Fish Lab, they learn by doing. The water is their lab and they love doing research. Fish Lab knows there's a reason when a lure works and that angling is part art and part science. It's a puzzle where the pieces constantly change, sometimes in our favor, sometimes not. But by applying decades of experience, bold creativity, a little patience, and a lot of time on the water, we can better the odds of finding the successful formula that catches you more fish. They know that making effective lures means understanding target fish and the food they eat. And Fish Lab does. Fish Lab lures are realistic, scientifically accurate, meticulously crafted, and designed for one purpose, to catch more and bigger fish. Straight out of the lab, Fish Lab has you covered with a full line of hard baits, swim baits, glide baits, wake baits, soft weedless swim baits, and bluegill baits. The badass rattle toad plus a line full of saltwater baits. Check them out at your favorite tackle dealer or online at fishlab.com and follow on Instagram at fishlabtackle. The science behind the strike, Fish Lab. <laughs> we forget what we were talking hey, about. Well, welcome to Loud Mexicans Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Loud um, and obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, we're doing round two with Manny. Uh, he was on the podcast. We just looked it up. Episode 80? Round dos. Yeah. 80 was the, the original one? Episode 80. 80. There you go. So um, we uh, were going to do a podcast previously when COVID kind of hit and... Yeah. Herpingina happened in our family. Herpingina. <laughs> He's sleeping right now. That is now. the real term, you say, yeah. right? Yeah. That's the real term He's for sleeping this. sleeping right now. He's at a. He's in the Manny's extra room, and he came with me and, and did the ride, but we thought we had COVID, but it was it was a, it, some kissing disease. If you listen to the podcast, you heard- Kissing he, disease. Herpingina. Herpingina. So it's like- They mono. couldn't find a better word for it. You would think. And maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong. I, maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking Herpingenia. about. Herpingina. There you go. It probably is that. <laughs> But, I don't know. Yeah. So, so I feel kind of bummed that I never got it. Like, right. that, did I miss out on stuff? Yeah. Like, was I not part of the... You weren't You weren't with enough girls, I guess, at that age, huh? Maybe they just weren't dirty enough. <laughs> I don't know. They were too clean. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you change that up nowadays, yeah. right? Yeah, no. It, yeah, it's never quite <laughs> you're, you're the, the better too bad of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to do another follow-up podcast and also a Q&A. But, Q&A. Uh, but, uh, TNA. We'll, there we go. We're going to start off with how has uh, fishing been out here for you, man? Uh, it's been really good because we got like four load ups on a trip. So that's like, what, dude? Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And a load up, let's just explain, is like yeah. basically on the soft base, we were throwing the battle shad and, uh, and my client and myself, too, because I grabbed a rod, too, and felt one for myself, like... It's like they bite and like, ooh, there's a fish. And I'd reel down, reel down, reel down. And like, I, even though I reeled down a lot, I was kind of in my head like, should I keep? I know I should probably reel down more. But then I went to set hook and like, just a lot of stretch in the line. And I ended up like setting hook like twice. I don't know why. Instead of just like, you know, winding them in. But I knew right away, like I didn't reel down enough. So I feel like those fish and it was super windy. It was a freaking hurricane. Like. Water coming everywhere, so it was it was a lot going on. There's a lot of line 
out there, right? That's like not being managed right. And uh, I just felt like there was too much stretch in line. They were too far out. And, and like, but I know, you know, and especially from my client too, like I know what the difference between like when they're snagged mm-hmm. or like, Hey, there's nothing there for you to snag on. Like that, that's a bite and the way to load up. And I would see them load up, hit, you know, load up, head a hook set and go for the net. And then like, Oh, it's off. But again, just the, the fact that we had fish bite like legit eat it uh was already like wow that's better than i expected so that tells you how bad yeah fishing has been for me in the last two years that, a, that, that that's exciting that like dude we had four <laughs> load ups this is banging we're back yeah. like it's back in business <laughs> uh, but you know saw fish on the graph found gizzard shads in uh canyon lake is where we were uh-huh. and uh found these dead gizzard shad that were like the perfect size of the nine inch battle shad and so all that stuff was promising, you know, there's, there's food. And even though those shad were dead, I think they just die from like water temperature changes and things like that. And, uh, it was, again, that's, that's promising nowadays. <laughs> Which is, is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. To go from, yeah, we caught a couple eights, you know, good day. Cool. You know, we had more chances, landed yeah. two, badass. We did it. Like, you know, that used to be kind of what spoiled us or not spoiled. It wasn't never easy, but yeah, that helped us, you know, um, that helped make it fun, but now that's how bad it, it has been. And, uh, you know, yeah, when I posted that, like, there was some local guys that reached out, too. Like, dude, I've been out there for two weeks and, like, <laughs> can't get not nothing. a tick. Like, yeah. that's amazing. And that, well, maybe it was the wind or something got them all riled up. But we had a couple trips like that. Um, another one with the younger guy from Texas. And, and again, he got, like, loaded up, I think, once or twice. Twice. Yeah. And uh, so that was, like, wow, this promising you know it'll come should around. be out there right it'll, now <laughs> it'll come around but eventually will yeah. you know i think maybe another few years but <laughs> you know what around. was uh cool when we were talking i came here last night so we, we did a little talking you said that covid didn't affect you as much as two years ago when yeah. you had the golden algae bloom yeah the, the covid you know when people ask me like oh you know, did covid affect you guy well yeah there was a few people that were scheduled to come out they were like hey maybe we shouldn't but uh, no, my real COVID was two years ago when that golden algae hit. That was like my, you know, recalibration of life. And what are you doing? What am I going to do? Should I just stop this and go to something else? Or, you know, but then again, it was kind of like, well, wait a minute. This is Manny Chi outdoors, not Manny Chi swim bait only. Yes. This is the only thing I know how to do. Like, I know how to do other things. So it's just time to, you know, yeah, focus on those other things more and find other avenues like the striper fishing and uh can it just there's enough here where i can i can do other things and yeah bird hunting and it gave me time for like big game hunting and bird hunting myself like kind of it's kind of nice because i was really busy i was like almost too busy when i look back at the schedule and not leaving enough time for like other parts of life <laughs> so, no and for so sure it's kind of nice to like oh well, it, you know if i could find a little medium in between yes. You know, being overly busy and kind of just having enough trips to, you know, make it all ha- have work and happen and and uh, have enough time to also, like, enjoy enjoy this, enjoy yeah. life. <laughs> and this is what would a uh, question for me, from me to you that I would really want to know is since you were known at the time as a big bait guide a mm-hmm. little more. Yeah, yeah. That's how, what got me out there. And, yeah, and how do it you, wasn't anything else. Exactly. How do you change people's minds? You know what I'm saying? So if I come and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm here to fucking throw some Depths 250s. Yeah. And you're like, dude, it's not going to work. How do you change their mind and be like? Uh, well, I didn't try to. 
Okay. So I, I didn't try to change people's mind on it. Just one thing for me guiding, uh, like when I started my own guide service, one of the things that I wanted to change from what, like how I saw other people run them was, uh, I'm all, I wanted to be very clear and have always been very clear about expectations, whether it's in the hunting or the fishing expectations. Like what can you truly, this is what I have to offer. This is what historically has happened every time we go out or whatever. And so that's my product. Like that's what I can offer. And there's other facets of it that have always been there, like a nice boat, top end gear, you know, low down custom rods, the full selection of them. Like, oh, you're thinking about getting an extra heavy. Well, here's an extra heavy that you can cast. Oh, you've been seeing this bait or that bait. Well, here's the, you know, here's the slide swimmer on that extra heavy. Oh, uh, different reels, you know. Oh, yeah, well, here's multiple reels. Like we were talking about last night, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I don't... Uh, I've never really uh, pursued getting a real company to be like my one real company because I've always seen that like this company makes, you know, Daiwa makes this really cool, uh, you know, low profile, fast speed reel, but they don't make like the slow round, you know, 400 size reel that like the Conquest is. So I always wanted to, um, you know, have the cool stuff, the the latest stuff on my boat and kind of if the fishing doesn't work, at least it's kind of like a demo day, you know, like Which I know, a, a I know great, the fun from like thing, bikes dude. and skiing and yeah. snowboards, like yeah. demo days are cool. There's stuff that maybe you couldn't afford, or maybe you're thinking of buying, but you don't want to just go make a blind purchase. Like you can come on my boat and actually use that stuff firsthand. And sure. It might not, you know, end up with an eight pounder, like it used to all the time and on my boat, but at least like you were getting the idea. I've sold a lot of, you know, a lot of people have gotten on the Humminbird Electronics from being on my boat. Like there's been a lot of sales that come out of out of just being on my boat and seeing that stuff, using it firsthand. So I was always very clear about the expectations. And at least like we're going to go out and I'm going to show you how I break down a ledge, a shoreline, a point, a rock wall. Like, you know, you're going to get this teach this, this you know, uh, a, a swim bait tech course in in what to do because the other side of all of this is that it's been proven time and time again through instagram pictures through just <laughs> everything that like guys come out here they learn something that they weren't kind of quite catching on in their waters or maybe they hadn't heard that perspective of it from somebody else and they go back to their waters and then they start slamming fish like it's a training it is a true training course you get to hang out here in the house we have fun we you know enjoy our time out there and learn something that you can definitely take back. And so that was what I always told people like, Hey, look, this is what's going on fishing wise, right? This is the problem that is being presented with the fish, mm -hmm. but this is what I offer. And this is what you can learn from. And as long as we're both going on that same page, then they know like, Oh, Hey, I understand right now. Your fishing's not in a great cycle, but I'm going to have a fun time or the scenery is going to be beautiful. The gear is going to be on point. Like I'm going to learn something that you're doing that I've seen. Hey, I've noticed that like not only does it work for you, it works for everybody that comes out here and goes back home all of a sudden is on some other shit. Right. So it's like that was always my uh, selling point. That, yeah, yeah, that's been my selling point lately that it's like a learning. It's experience. like a learning okay. experience, like a training thing. You know, the fishing may come back and may never. <laughs> I'm sure it will. But I, I think but that it's a cool mm -hmm. plug, too, as well. Like, Ben's a, a buddy of yours. And, and uh, became real good friends, yeah. And it'd be cool, like, if people are listening to this, a lot of people want to try those rods out. I got yeah. to try one. I love it. You know, mm -hmm. it was cool. I yeah. want to get one. 
maybe if people are listening and like, man, I really want to trade on a loan, they can come check out right? what you have. Yeah. You probably have one of every one pretty much that you need. Two, yeah. Two, there you go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah. it's, it's, it's a... Uh, exactly. Like demo you said day. with the demo day, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a great experience to say as a guide. Yeah. And I like that you didn't lock down to one reel. That's like a whole different... Yeah. Because you can't do it all with one company. Unfortunately not. You know, I you still haven't seen can. one company that... Uh, I mean, you know, we're getting close. Like Shimano now has a lot of offerings and... And, uh, that, you know, they're definitely starting to make reels for what we need and what we do, but definitely in the earlier days, I mean, I don't want to say earlier days, but just a few years ago, it was like very, you had to grab from here and this from that and an Abu and this certain thing and the Daiwa and the Shimano. And so it was, uh, yeah, I always wanted to keep that open, but I always felt that with the lowdown custom rods, I didn't need anything else. Like that was everything I needed as far as swim baits were concerned. So I didn't. Yeah. You know, and people might ask me like, hey, what's a rod that I should get into? Blah, blah, blah. I don't shop rods. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, this is what I use. I don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> well, how did you guys meet, you and Ben? We met on Facebook. Uh, Facebook dating. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, was it Grindr? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we matched on that. <laughs> no, uh, when, I first, um, when I first started the guide service and uh, – I was convinced I got talked into like having a website and putting videos on that website. You know, the guy that I was talking to at the time um, that helped me with that, he was like, you need to like show who like your personality because we rode bikes, you know, in the same crew, the downhill bikes. And I all think that. you talked about that. a little yeah, bit, yeah. So I was like always like big hype man there. And he was like, show who you are. And so I made I, I made like a couple videos for. It was more than a couple, but I made some videos for that website. Like this is the this is the fly thing, this is the swim bait thing, this is the carp thing. The swim bait one was the one that like got a lot of attention, and uh, Ben was one of those that you know Lowdown Custom was the only ones that, that shared it early on. And uh, I reached out to him because at that time I still didn't really have like a rod company. I knew that that was something that I did want to have, like a rod company that I use. Not yes, there wasn't even enough to be like, oh well, I need this one from them and this from that. So um, I reached out to him and it was just like, hey Ben, you know your products seem really cool, and I kind of like you know the how where that company is aligned. And I've never had one, I've never seen one, but I can tell they look really nice and. You know, do you do like a guide program, like for industry kind of program? Mm-hmm. And uh, he was kind of like, well, I've, I mean, I don't know. I've never done that before, <laughs> but I, he was like, I'm kind of a fan of your stuff. Like, I like your excitement of it and I like what you're doing. And uh, why don't we like, yeah, let's talk about what, you know, what it can start off as. And uh, and from there, we've just now we're best friends now. You know, yeah. now he comes out bird hunting with me and stuff. And yeah, <laughs> he's coming in lately. on Monday again. Yeah. yeah. We talked so. and he's been going hard on it, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's always new to, you know, it's always fun to find something new and like yeah. to, to try to master. <laughs> Just like swim bit fishing, right? Same thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so your PB is what? 10? Just 10s. Okay. Yeah, they're in the 10 range. I, I don't really remember all the, you know, 10 point. Yep. But like I said, I thought if it was 15 and, you know, 15 and 10 ounces, then I'd be like, oh, yeah, 15 and 10 ounces. That's right here tattooed on my arm, you know. Like, but, yeah, I've, I've blown all my chances. I've had bigger fish that have eaten and seen them, you know, seen it happen at the boat, and they've always kicked my ass. So uh, when I finally felt like, okay, now I know what to do in that situation, well, now I don't get that chance. Yeah. <laughs> so they're do all you, just tense. Do yeah. you feel like you when you go out, are you looking – for a double digit, are you just kind of like, I'm fine catching? Well, like, 
I felt like uh, my my goal, like when I go out, just like me and my dog or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, I'm kind of it's kind of like a like a scouting trip, right? For what am I going to do on the next guide trip? Um, what can I find for that next guide trip? And I guess it's never uh, in our waters. Like I don't think we have a huge population of teeners where it's a whole separate fish that you need to target from the eight to 10 pounders. Uh, I was always targeting those eight to tens, mm-hmm. right? And a, a bycatch of them is like sixes and seven, you know, fives and sixes. And, uh, and I, so I, I feel like I was targeting those eights and tens. Those were like bread and butter for me. If I can get clients on those, that's great. So I, I don't f- necessarily feel that chasing the teeners out here is so different from chasing those fish that, I, that it would totally change what I'm doing. I'm still throwing the same baits. They eat those baits. You know, it's not that like teeners don't eat those baits. Mm-hmm. So I, I do feel, and definitely there was the excitement, you know, in the early years that like, it, and still like those baits that we're using, the techniques that we're doing, the way we're fishing them, it still can attract the largest fish in that lake. Yeah. You know, so I guess that's so. You know, you, am I targeting only a teener? Um, no, but am I only targeting an eight pounder? No, you know it's it's. Are that. you going out then to fish to like fun fish? It's almost a pre-fishing for a guided trip. Yes, right. Yes, so it's a little uh-huh. different. Yeah. Do you ever just go out and fun fish, or do you feel like you have to always? Uh, I feel kinda... like it's always. I I don't even have that word. I don't use that word. Fun no. fish versus work fish versus. It's all fun like, to you. Yeah, it, it's just all fishing. Uh, so I, I don't know, like, I, yeah, that, that word doesn't really exist to me, but does it change um, your, your, your train? I, of thought? I'm always, I guess if, if fun fishing means like the difference between maybe knowing that like, okay, I know I can go to these certain ledges and catch them right now, but let me go try to explore something else. Then yeah. Like there's definitely times like if I know like that's doing really good. And maybe I don't even want to bang on that and keep it for my for my client coming. Then, like, yeah, let me go see if they're also doing this other thing over here or if this other thing works. Uh, so, yeah, I guess if fun fishing means that, then yeah. But I don't see, even know what the hell that means. But that's it's weird now. I get I it if you like, fish tournaments, you know. But but you your your train of thought is almost like a you have a business and mm-hmm. and you have to keep it almost twenty four seven because yeah. You're yourself. You can't change. Like, you're not going to be a different Manny last night when I came over to now. Yeah. It's like we're the same. It's the same conversation. So when you go out fishing, you're, you're, uh, like, say if I was just going to go out fun and you talk about electronics and looking for stripers and dropping spoons, mm-hmm. I'd be doing that all day just for fun. Yeah. But when you go out, you got to think, well, I'm, I just want to go fish, uh-huh. but I got to make sure I have a plan of attack for my clients because i need to provide something because it's my business right you think that takes away from your your thought though like where you'd be like if i didn't have this business what would you be doing say you had another job would you still be fishing the same exact way yes yeah okay that's yeah. what i'm trying to get at yeah. you know what i'm saying uh-huh so you still have yeah. that's what the cool thing is it's how real yeah. it is is like right it's the same thing it's no different yeah like, it's there- actually like talking to a guy you see on the internet right and it's the same guy when you meet him in or, person or there's still times when it's like uh uh, okay, let's say like Manny Chi is supposedly somebody in the <laughs> swim bait world. Yeah, I, I don't believe it, but people say that shit. 
Let's say Manny Chi is somebody in the swim bait world. So yeah. Manny Chi needs to keep posting things about swim baits. Well, if that shit's not working, then Manny Chi's going and catching stripers on those big spoons. Like, I, I just want to go have fun. So I guess it is fun fishing, right? Okay. Like, yeah, because like, and I'll be like, Dude, really? Do you want to, you want to go grind out for two days and do that? Like, it's not gonna work. Why don't we go to Lake Pleasant and catch these stripers instead? <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. So yeah, like I this swim bait thing too, mm-hmm. that takes it back to that where you say, you got to keep posting these pictures or doing something on social yeah. media. Which I don't feel that you don't do it. You don't do it. I think <laughs> I that's cool. That. <laughs> yeah. Like you do it. You do everything. You'll be like, I'm gonna fly fish. Today. Yeah, I'm gonna do. Or it. like say this year. Yeah. Um, it, like this year, we're having a stellar quail year. Or it's actually not stellar. It's just considered good by mm-hmm. the experts, like good populations. But we haven't had a good year in like 10, 15 years. So it's a really good year for us. So I'm like, well, let's go quail. Like, let's take advantage of this, right? Like, it all comes in cycles. So let's take yeah. advantage of that cycle that's happening right now because next year it might not be like that. So, yeah, I, again, I, I like to... I like the outdoors and it has many facets to it. And uh, whichever one is the one that's the most fun is where I gravitate to. So maybe I'm constantly fun fishing and I just realized. <laughs> fun everything. Yeah, just fun all the fun, time. Fun fishing, fun hunting, fun. Are you, uh, you turned people on, a lot of people onto hunting. I'm sure buddies too as well. Yes. Right? Bird hunting. Yeah. Um, are you planning on maybe, do you, you don't guide that right now, right? Do you? I, I don't technically, but I, I like, I've taken clients that are usually fishing clients and we come over and we go hunting and stuff. But uh, I definitely, uh, I think it's something I want to move into. Yeah. Like at least start with like local bird hunting. Yeah. Because it's, again, it's one of those things that like, oh, I see a lot of people are getting into it in California. There's less opportunities over there to do it. We're here. There's a lot of opportunity, a lot of public land. Uh, let's go, like, let's go do it here. You so know? do you, so, are you yeah. going to get like a license for next year to yeah. actually bring uh-huh. Yeah, I think so. There's different... Uh, I don't know anything about fucking hunting. So there's <laughs> so when you bird hunt, I seen a lot of dudes that like I had Rego come on. He uh-huh. got yeah, into he's it. been into it. Ben, yeah. Chris, you know, yeah. these guys are all getting into it. A lot of yeah. other dudes I know too. Mm-hmm. There's or back into it. You yes. know, some of us like have been doing it all our lives, and it's kind of yeah. Again, just like oh, this shit's cool again. But there's different types of bird you're hunting, like waterfowl, and then there's yeah. So just like in fishing, there's the, uh, there's the guy that fishes with a bobber and there's the guy that fishes with a swarm bite and there's the fly fisherman and there's the, you know, yeah. So there's all kinds of facets to it. There's upland hunting, there's dove hunting, there's, uh, you know, there's the, the big game side of things. There's, uh, yeah, it's, it's big game for bird, like turkeys and stuff. Mm, Yeah. I guess you could, you could kind of, that one's more, uh, I don't see like turkeys, uh, I don't see that kind of hunting like how upland, you know, like walking along, you know, a big mountain area or something. It's more like real specific and you're targeting a certain one. And it's it's different. Yeah. And, Are they easy and you to shoot kill? one. Are they easy to kill turkeys? No. Really? Uh, definitely not like in the spring when they're like mating. No, hell no. It's really? not easy at all. Oh. No, they're very astute birds and, really? and it's uh, really early in the morning, like rising and... Again, it's one of those things where in Arizona, it's not the typical one that you see on like TV where they're just out there in the middle of the day and crack, 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 crack. Oh, there's some calling over there. There's some calling over. Oh, here they come. And, you know, yeah. wait till they come to the ecoids. Crack, 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 crack. And okay, now shoot them. Like, no, of course, in Arizona, those fuckers don't talk. 
they know better. They don't call back. Like you have to find them and have to be like, you got one shot little window, like a half hour window at the butt crack of dawn where like, you've already been, I don't want to give up too much, but like, it's hard. It's, 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 it's a much different, uh, it's much different than just let's go. We're going to walk. And we know that these quail are somewhere in this zone. We're going to walk it and find them and flush them and shoot them. And, uh, yeah, the turkey thing is more, you know, it's one out here. It's a tag for one. So mm-hmm. you're, you're after one and it has to be a certain size. Like they have to have a certain, uh, you know, this certain gobbler. What the heck is, <laughs> I can't remember the name right now, but yeah, this like plumage thing. And it, you know, it has to be like of a certain age. Yeah. So you can't just shoot like a hen. You have to shoot a male one and it's, that one's more like a big game hunt, but I, yes. Uh, I buddy Lee Hamlin in the mountains, like showed me how to do it. And it's like, Oh dude, I'm, this is awesome. Yeah. There's, there's really cool stuff to it. Yeah. It's badass. Yeah. And I forgot to, I like to mention something on the previous pod. You, you went to Zimbabwe. Yeah. I've been to Zimbabwe. How uh-huh. was that? Um, it was, that was a trip of a lifetime. You know, yeah. I, I still remember just driving, being in the back of that, uh, land cruiser or the truck, whatever Toyota truck they had. Uh, and just like looking up as it was getting dark and, you know, we're no longer hunting, driving back and just looking at the stars, the constellations are different. The, it seemed like the moon was a different side of it, you know, like these different you trees. You were in Wakanda? I, I just like, man, <laughs> like, remember this, you know, yeah. like, remember this memory, man. Cause like, this is, uh, this is really neat. Did you, what did you guys hunt over there? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was like. 13 or so different species of planes games wow. uh three of the dangerous game stuff like it yeah elin kudu bushbuck steambuck warthog uh wildebeest zebra uh did you eat any kudu, all of them? most of them yeah they were amazing. zebra i didn't eat the zebra no yeah we didn't eat the zebra uh but uh from what i remember the the kudu was amazing what the hell is a kudu? And, uh, and the uh, a kudu is a spiral horn of the antelope okay. family. Yeah. Uh, and, and that one I liked a lot because I felt like that style of hunting was real similar to our mule deer type of hunting. And mm. they, they kind of act very similar. The bigger ones are like alone or with one other male. And uh, so that, that one like really I related to that one a lot. And then the uh, the Cape Buffalo also was Damn. one of the most delicious ones. Really? Yeah. Wow. And that, that one was really cool. But mine was pretty uneventful compared to some other uh, Cape Buffalo hunts. You know, I'd always heard like they're really, they don't, they don't die easily. They soak up bullets, this and that. But at that time I was in my like mid to late twenties. I'm 43 now. And I was in my mid to late twenties and you know, your eyes are different. You're, <laughs> I was shooting a lot at the time. Like I was on point. It was my shooting was on point, luckily, right? Because like you don't want to be missing and you're like, oh, whoops, I don't know. Like I was on point, so like we had this Cape Buffalo in the morning. He was with another one. Uh, he was big, and like the younger one caught something of us and was giving us the stare down, while the other one didn't know. And we had to like wait until he kind of moved out of the way to make the shot safe. And like I shot it, put it right where it needed to go, and just. Burp, that was it. You hear it like everything Dude. out there gives a death bellow, which is very different from like hunting in North America. Uh, everything out there kind of, you know, they're all tougher. And they, they, when they finally go down, they like, that's crazy. And I heard that like, and that was it. And it was just like, <laughs> they're like, wow, <laughs> isn't it supposed to get back up and like charge us and freaking want to kill me. And like, you know, I thought it was going to be like heart pumping and you yeah. hear all these stories and it is true. 
but uh yeah no i put it right where it needed to go and that one just one shot went down with the wow. 416 uh rigby wow big rifle so that's like the other side of it too is that you're getting to shoot these big bore rifles which are not whole other you know uh a whole other discipline of it all and uh it was awesome it was Oh, big hit, and you hear the <laughs> um, and then you had we had to wait for that. You know, the other one was like, "What did you just do to this one?" And I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like, be ready, he might come at us too. Yeah, and he just ended up walking away, and that was it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Did you keep? The and horns? then it was really cool. Oh yeah, it was really cool because uh, so that happens, and then like you know we let them let it all calm down, this and that. About a half hour later, we start walking to the animal. Wow, take pictures, this and that. And then we start seeing, like, off in the distance, there's this, like, little, uh, there's this, a bunch of people walking. They're all in a line, and they all have, like, these axes on their back. And they were, like, native Africans. And, like, I see them walking down this ridge. I'm like, who who are those guys? And over there, in that part of northern Zimbabwe, we were hunting. They called, it was a campfire area. And that campfire, I think it started with a K, but it, it, it had a... You know, it meant something. It's a, what do they call that? A anagram or I forgot I what it's no called. Clue. Where like every letter means a, a word. Yeah. And it was set up so that like when you hunt in that area, it's a wilderness area. Like uh, one of the things that we, when my dad was setting it up, we didn't want to go shoot in a uh, high fence air ranch. Like we wanted to make sure that the animals that we were hunting were free range in the wilderness areas of mm-hmm. Africa. Because there's a lot of different setups out there. You can go and you can hunt things in a a large, you know, it still may be a large ranch, but there's a cage. Or, you know, the ugly side of it is the lion in a small cage, right? Yes. Where it's just some guy that wants to go shoot a lion. Mm-hmm. And, like, they shoot one that's, like, basically been pen raised and it's in a cage. Like, we definitely didn't want to be involved in anything of that sort. So we were in this campfire area. And the setup there is that, like, half of the meat or part of, I forgot what, you know, percentage, but the meat is also going to be shared with the local tribe people because they were like in the little huts and like thatch homes Dude. and like living like it, it was a blast from the past. You yeah. know, like they, that they haven't changed the way they're living in that part. <laughs> um, so, and, but they hear that shot and they're like, Oh, dinner bell, here we go. So they come and then they help you like, they help you take the, you know, butcher the animal. Dude. And uh, the guy was explaining to me like, yeah, out here, Every man has a, a hatchet, like an axe. You're not a real man if you don't have your axe with you at all times. So they all had their like axes and you know very like rudimentary axes, and they would chop away at it. And uh, one of the things that's funny is like my dad always likes to, you know, tell people when they ask like, "Oh, do you eat this?" Or we eat everything. We eat everything. We eat the, you know, we eat everything except the hooves and like you know really the heart liver like you know the nuts my dad's big thing is to eat the rocky mountain oysters i'm just like oh god do you dude. eat them i i tried them like years ago it's not like something that i have in my fridge at all times though for sure uh i hear they're good i mean yeah. I, don't, I don't really remember there's nothing wrong with it but uh it my dad always jokes that like we eat everything except the hooves and he was like oh really well come here manny because my dad's name is also manuel manny come here let me show you something and he's like see that pot right there there's a hoof and it's like oh shit they're boiling the hoof of the cape buffalo he's like yeah they boil it down it removes the nail part of it and underneath that is like a gelatinous material which is actually where like jello has that that's the gelatin of jello and uh yeah did you eat it 
no, uh, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't done by the time. <laughs> no, like, no, okay, cool. That's that's awesome. Have fun. Um, and uh, but yeah, they were like, here we eat the hooves too. So <laughs> they wow. got us beat. <laughs> they got us Mexicans beat. <laughs> Did you see any like a uh, crazy like lions or anything like that? Uh, I didn't see lions. We yeah. heard them at night. I didn't no see way. hyenas. I heard them at night. That was like some of the few things that we didn't see. Uh, lions, hyenas. I didn't see a wild dog. Like there was no wild dogs mm-hmm. in that area. Um, but other than that, yeah, pretty much everything else. Uh, elephants. You know, that my, must have been crazy. my experience with elephants, like when, uh, so we were, we're driving out the first morning to the Buffalo uh-huh. and uh, we're driving out to that area from the camp and, and like <laughs> in the road, like this was a, pretty forested area you know not uh it's not like plains like how i kind of imagine like oh i'm going cape buffalo hunting and what yeah. i always saw on tv was like these open plains no this was like kind of in like rolling hill rolling mountains again it was kind of more like coos deer hunting to me than yes than anything else because you're looking for these small groups not the big in migration you know hundreds of buffalo all like doing their thing no no these are like they call them daga boys which means like mud like mud boys because they're like rolling around the mud so you're looking for these these small groups uh, or singles of these big, you know, big bulls and uh, or big bison, buffalo, and uh, so we're driving out to that, and all of a sudden this little elephant, you know, little baby guy, like crosses the road, and I'm all, you know, like probably how most people think, like, oh, this is like a zoo, you know, <laughs> like, hey, there goes a little elephant, how cute, you know, wow. And then behind it comes the mother, and it's this monstrous, towering, prehistoric animal, you know, that comes out. And the uh, the way it works is you have your professional hunter, which is usually like a, a white guy or a German, you know, descent or Afrikaner or whatever. And then you ha- they, he has trackers with him. And in that campfire area, you also have somebody that's there from the government that's actually there like looking for the poachers. So he has like an AK on him. And he's there to make sure you're not doing any shady shit, too. Yeah. Uh, but it's us three in the back of this Land Rover car and my dad and the PH in the front. And I see the, you know, the female and I'm just like, oh, wow, look at that an <laughs> elephant. And I can tell they are not like in that same idea. They are like, go, go. They're like nervous. You're right. And they're like getting like I could tell they're what's going on here like why are you guys scared the beautiful elephant right yeah well that thing like stopped in the middle of the road they get more nervous and then it turns and it does like it like moves its ears like flaps its ears and like postures and lets out this fucking (laughs) (laughs) and all of a sudden like you you may think that you know living in cities we don't know anymore and going to zoos we're like retards on how the reality of real life <laughs> yeah, really works in yeah. africa and uh we think like oh this you know elephants don't do anything they're just out there doing their thing no dude they're very like dynamic animals yeah and that freaking bellow like it let off that whatever the hell sound you want to they call like an elephant sound and mm-hmm. it's a feeling that goes into your nuts your heart your liver your kidneys i don't even know where my spleen is but i feel i felt that shit like almost erupt like inside of me yeah it there's a pre there's an ancient fear and a and like an ancient reminder when you hear that like oh shit i'm a human i'm not on the top of the food chain out here and like 
Even though I have this rifle, what the hell is it going to do to this Nothing. monster Nothing. of an animal? <laughs> and I'm like shaking inside. Yeah. It just, it made me turn into this like, I shrunk down into a little peanut, man. Oh, shit. Like, this is why they're so nervous. And, you know, and reverse we go. Did and it that's where they No, that's where they broke down the idea that like, when they do the ear flapping, the the, the mm-hmm. you know the trumpeting. That's what, you know the, when they trumpet, when they stomp. That's letting you know, Back like up. I don't like you here. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here, or we're gonna have problems. Yeah. And they told us like if they throw those ears back. And they put the trunk like down in between the like the trunk goes down and the ears go back. Like that body language is telling you like. I'm not stopping until you're torn and smushed and like destroyed in pieces. Like they literally will put their boom, stomp on half of you, wrap you with that trunk, the other half and no like way. rip you Is apart. Is that what they told you? The guides? Yeah. They yeah. rip you. They stomp you. They get down like on their front elbows and, uh, and like put you in the trunk and in the, the tusks area. And they'll just like bulldoze you into the ground. Just like smear you in until you're just so they've it's happened multiple times. Oh, it happens all the time. Like people die like this every day in Africa. Oh, yeah, the local people and things like the people that live in there. Yes, it's not just the hunters that deserve it or blah blah blah. Like it's <laughs> the people that live there, the people that have to yeah. live there and farm there, and like you know the the people that make a living in the outdoors there. Yes, it happens all the time. So yeah, that's like scary. It, yeah, it was it's like you might not get shot. It was like oh <laughs> shit, just got really real, and uh, and yeah, you know a lot of these a lot of these animals like when we got back, you know, we'd catch heat from people like why would you shoot a zebra? It doesn't do any. Why would when you was shoot this? Ten years ago? No, it was more than ten. So uh, this isn't when that whole shit happened in Newport where. This is before social media and before Facebook. No, this might have been before the dentist line Mm hunting. This is before that. Yeah, because there was already like on Facebook. You know, this is before Facebook. I believe. Yeah, I don't think there was social media at all yet. And uh, and I mean, there was hardly even digital cameras. That's the other like bad side of it. Like, I don't have digital pictures of all that stuff. I have like, yeah, we have regular film of it. So it was right at the like right before things went to digital. So there was no like we didn't catch heat like that, but just you know, people, people around my circle and things. And, and, and it really made me realize like, wow, there's a huge disconnect where you think that because you've seen them in a zoo, a caged animal that's depressed, that's like not able to run around, that's not able to be a real animal. And the way that he acts, you think that that's the way of this real animal acts in its natural habitat in Africa. And it was like, wow, there's a huge disconnect of that. You know, when people hunt certain things, they other people automatically put that into perspective. And like, why would you do? They're just out there eating off the, you know, they're just out there eating hay. Like, <laughs> no, this isn't on a farm. Yeah. This isn't on a zoo. This is real life. You know? Yeah. <laughs> or the other one, like, is that legal? Like, you really think I flew to Africa, got off the plane, just grabbed my gun. Like, that's no, you know, there's no paperwork involved yeah. there, right? I just grabbed my gun and like went to a hotel with my dad and then just decided like, hey, look at those mountains over there. Let's go see if there's some shit to shoot over here. Okay, let's just go. Like, no, no, it's a whole setup. Like, you know, welcome to the real world, right? Like, that's not how it works. And then it just all goes back also to the idea that like hunting these animals, you know, one gets sacrificed every once in a while to 
further the benefit of that whole ecosystem. Yes. Not just that animal. And the people there probably the get people, money. The guide, the trips, campfire yeah. setup, okay. the guides, yeah. the tracker, the, you know, yes. And like that is, there's money and investment now going to protect that whole ecosystem to keep it wild because a lot of us want it to be a wild experience. We don't want it to be a caged experience that we're just there for the hide of a lion. Is that like fishing a private pond? Yeah, yeah. It, it'd be like the equivalent of fishing a private pond and being like, look at me, I'm a hero because I like fish this yeah. private pond, you or know, this little one-acre pond. Yeah, or fishing someone. Okay, mm-hmm. same so, thing with the hunting would be like. Yeah, it would be the equivalent of that. Or it'd be the equivalent of like going to Mexico to Baccarat and fishing for bat. No, I'm just kidding. That's what I was <laughs> going to say. Is I'm it? just joking. I was like, that's all fun. I would do it too. But that's definitely your... like a controversy that's around right now, hey, right? But would you, you claim that. your PB from there if you caught it? Hell yeah. <laughs> I probably would. It's still a big bass that I caught. Because like, some, someone, yeah. uh, I forgot his name. It's but fall. maybe it'd have a little asterisk. So yeah. Like, you know, yeah, but it was in Mexico. So like I had a giant fish that I caught in Mexico also. How big? It was when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we talked about this last time, but no. uh, my buddy George, who I'm still friends with out here, uh, we, you know, our, our parents were friends. We went to Mexicali, Mexico, which is where my father's from. And over there, they had a canal type system. But they weren't like here where they're lined with concrete. They were more like a naturally dug canal and they're lined with like tulies. And uh, they they knew that, you know, oh, yeah, man, he's got that fishing passion thing that he fucking likes doing and this and that. And like, how old were you then? Fuck, I had to be like around 10 to 13 okay. in that range somewhere. And uh, so they lined us up with these this friend of theirs that like were into fishing. And uh, they had an aluminum boat, I remember. And they had, uh, they were into pouring their own, uh, like huge lizards, soft lizards, you know, uh, plastic lizards. They were into pouring their own. They had these huge ones that I'd never seen. Like, whoa, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were into flipping. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. At that time we used to flip a lot at Lake Pleasant here before they increased the size of the lake. And so I was familiar with it. I was trained in it. Like, yeah, I got a flipping rod and a flipping setup. like, cool, let's do it. And that's where I also first saw like a rat swimming in the water. I'm like, oh, gross. What the fuck is that thing? They're like, dude, the bass eat those. They told like, you that. Yeah, they were like, the, were... the bass eat those. Like they chased them. They, they, we've seen it eaten and we've seen them throw them up and shit like that. Like they eat those. So that for me was already like that swim bait idea was already getting molded like early on yeah. where it's like, oh, no, they don't eat things that big. <laughs> you know, they slurp things. <laughs> uh, but we were pitching or flipping. This is before even pitching was around. We were flipping them, and I remember hooking into this giant, and my buddy George has this memory also, which is why I don't think that I'm just, like, you know, building it up in my head. We both remember that we had, you know, back then there was, like, one size of Igloo or Coleman ice chest, and it was, like, red or blue. It was one size of it. And uh, this fish, we both remember they couldn't close the lid because... The snout was hanging out on one side and it folded down into the ice chest. And on the other side, the tail was still hanging out. So like if you tried to close the lid, it was too long for it to be that long. That's way over 28 inches. Like it was enormously long. What size of line were you using? Uh, I imagine at that time it was like early braid with the flipping. It's kind of our braids. Our our flipping setup was like a braid. It was an Abu Garcia ambassador that I used to use yeah. for it. And it was a, uh, I think it was actually a Phoenix rod. No way. Phoenix or 
Fenwick, maybe? No, I think it was a. It was like an early Phoenix one. It had like a carbon fiber rear, you know, grip to it, which was like super innovative at the time. It was telescopic a little. Oh, cool! And it was one of those yeah. that like you telescope, and you know, their first guide would be way out long out here because in the flipping technique, you grab that line from back and then, here, and like, yeah. and the whole thing of it was to like swing it in, which is kind of like the principles of pitching. But you weren't like getting it out far. You were just, it's close quarters combat. Like right here is where you're fishing for those fish. And you're slipping it into these little pockets. And the the thing that you were trying to do was to get that bait to most quietly like break the water, not splash into the yes. water because then it would spook those fish was the idea. So you'd, you'd quietly sweep it into the water. And I just remember, you know, <laughs> and you'd pick it and pull it back up, pick it. And you kind of worked with one amount of line right yeah. you didn't have to like every time recast and re, you know reel it in it was kind of like you were effectively working with this triangle of your line every time but yeah that had to be like my pb probably like 15 it had to be 16. a teener did you eat it it got turned into ceviche <laughs> <laughs> it's <was> good <laughs> i remember like yeah i remember yeah. it be hanging out at the ramada yeah that overlooked this canal thing and like them just fucking chopping it up with you know all the, were you catching it at least then or did you not care as much because you're a little so at then it was a time when um i don't think we were quite catching releasing yet and even here uh even here like when we would go out with uh, my dad's buddy mark edelman who taught me how to fish really uh, you know, I do remember our pictures from that were like, you stand over there with the stringer and I'm going to stand over here, man, you get in the middle. Cause it's too heavy, like long. And you know, they'd all be like these little two, three pound clones, but yeah, it was like stringer pictures. Like yeah. back then you ate all the fish and, yeah. uh, and it was cool to see that culture come around as I got older, it turned into the catch and release thing. And now like it's the norm out here, you know, we don't really deal too much with guys coming to our lakes and taking our fish being like an issue. Yeah. You know, it's, but I'm sure it still happens. I'm sure back East, like yeah. all of is like mm-hmm. people, we fish everywhere. Dude. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? And they're legal to do it here, you know, you could, unless yeah. there's, you know, in, in the fly fishing world, there's some spots that are fly only catch and release only, you know, single barbless hooks. And you know, that's all great. No, but, uh, but you know, yeah, back then it was, uh, you know, it was pretty much all, catch and eat <laughs> it's crazy though we yeah. talked about last night you you said um it's okay to keep the trout but how, it's not okay to keep how the like mouth. socially right you know, I agree. yeah like, and you see it in like these you know online groups and facebook groups and stuff these these you know heated arguments that go on because one guy ate a two three pound largemouth bass and everybody's jumping on him and he's the you know enemy of the world and the hypocrisy of that then those same people are like washing it up for some other dude that went and killed like this big brown trout that's like a monarch in a small creek out here. Like, God, the, the chances of it getting to that size for you to just come with your nightcrawler, catch them, and then like, oh, hell yeah, dude, I love eating trout. You put it with, you know, salt and pepper and lemons. And <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Oh, dude, I like to fucking blah, blah, blah. And it's like nobody, you know, not only do they not give a shit, but they like promote, you know, it's like that's perfectly fine. Okay, why, we why love it. Why do you it. think that, though? Why, why is it Because okay? people are stupid. <laughs> But there's, <laughs> you know, there's got to be something else so to stupid. it, though. Like, you know, like a large oh, be- mouth is more of a sport fish. Yeah, because it's tournaments. Money's on the line, bro. My, it's my money. You True. Know? Like, shut I up, guess, dude. I guess I guess you're right. It's freaking dumb. Because it's like trout, you don't really have 
trout tournaments. Right. There's no trout tournaments. And those people aren't really into trout fishing. They just know that, oh, at this certain time, it's easy to go catch them this way. (laughs) So they go and they like rape them and then like, yeah, you know, no problem. That's cool. So, yeah, that was always like. That is a weird thing. So many hypocrisies in in outdoors stuff, you know, where it's. Here's another one. And I think Charles asked this tattoo. Why do (laughs) fly fishermen hate every other fisherman? I think they're better than every other fisherman. (laughs) But it, like I said, it's it's in every, you know. I I do a lot of these outdoor activities, and I like all of them. Uh-huh. I like it all. Fishing with swim baits, fishing with a, I mean, I haven't reached for a crankbait in a while, but let's just say you a will. popper or yeah. something, or you know, I, I have spinning rods with little cast masters that I use to like. Oh, okay, that's what on that was was down there on the graph. Cool. Yeah. Um, like I like it all. Fly fishing, this that, spear fishing rifle hunting, archery hunting, air gun hunting. Yeah. And, you know, in every one of those, there's this elitist bullshit that goes on where somebody now all of a sudden thinks they're greater than thou because they're doing it on this other way. And it's so prevalent in the fly fishing. Again, I take all these kind of people out, right? And it's sometimes I have to hear these things that are just, you know, these guys think they're better than everybody else. Everybody else is knuckle draggers and, you know, gear. Oh, you threw, they were throwing gear. Like, what is that what the you fuck are you talking gear? about gear? Like steroids, Spinning bro. gear. Like it's, steroids. Oh, that, that was on, caught on gear. <laughs> so they all have, like, their little, you know, terminology. Way, terminology, ways that they cut down the other ones. Hey, because I'm greater fisher. than you. You're because, a bed fisher. Yeah, I mean, well, that one is. Like, that one's true. You're a fucking bed fisher, man. You know, snagger. And shit. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> But it, even in the like in the air rifles, right? There's a shop here, really good shop, Air Guns of Arizona, that like they they have these high end air guns, and they also have some of the beginner ones. Mm-hmm. But you walk in there, and it's oh yeah, you know, guys were out with their powder burners, and I'm like, wait, what? Powder burners, like fucking the old so days. That's hey, like, like to, the revenant. That's the yeah. <laughs> That's the cut down to a guy that goes out and with hunts something with a rifle, a centerfire rifle, because there's powder that burns in there to make the rough, you know, to make it go out. They're powder burners. We're air, what, air buttholes? Like, what do you call yourself? You know, like, oh, we're better because we're air doing buttholes. it with air. Chris the Shell, powder Chris, burners. Chris Purcell's an air butthole. Air is sure. an air butthole, too, now. Yeah, we got him into it. Uh, but it's, but it's, I love them all, yeah, right? And yeah. I, but I don't play into that like I'm greater than you because I did it this way. Or like, say in the archery world, in the archery world, they get into this thing too, where it's like now they want to do it, but they want to do it all with my bow. And oh, that was with a rifle, so it you know it didn't count. Like it's, it's like fishing in Baccarat, you know. Like, <laughs> it's like again, and and yeah, they want to do it all with the bow, but then there's this hypocrisy that like. Oh, I got this little buck, but it was with a bow. So that I'm doing something greater than your big buck yes. that you shot with your rifle. That that was whatever. It was with a rifle. I did this with my bow. I did this with my fly rod. They're like, say this summer, I got really into uh, this BFS thing that's coming around now. So it, with the hookup down there with Ben Kohler at the hookup, he like started posting all these like videos of these little baits. Little jerk baits, little glide baits mm-hmm. from like gang crab depths. Uh, there's all these like little miniaturized things. Swim baits. It's like mini. It's like mini, mini swim, swim baits okay. and and little jerk baits that are getting designed in Japan for guys who are taking these uh, trout in a style of like bass fishing. So it's 
It's smaller reels, but they're still bait casters. These little cool rods, all this like gear that's like all miniaturized mm -hmm. for, you know, for doing this with trout. And uh, I was like, wow, that's that seems awesome. And I know it would work here. Like if you get into re more remote areas, we do have big brown trout. Yeah. You know, they're not the 20 pounders of other places. Yeah. And they're not super prevalent like they are in other states. But there's enough to where like that was badass. And so I started doing that and I would post pictures of them. And even there I get, you know, some follower that come on, Manny, I know you got a fly rod, dude, do it with the flies. Like I don't fucking want to it. Why does it matter? I, I understand it, though, because when you're first getting into something new like that, where it's like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to focus on trying to do it in this. Maybe it's a harder way at first for you. Right. Maybe there's a little more of a learning curve. Right. In fly fishing. Like, yeah, it's harder to cast. Right. It's going to take you no, longer yeah, to agree, be proficient 100%. and cast really cast, which few of those fly anglers can. Mm -hmm. Um really learn how to cast a whole fly line, double haul, and really manipulate that line to where it's no big deal. Like, oh, you want me to put it there? Yeah, open your mouth. Boom. Like, I've got, you know, I've been doing it long enough, put in enough hours where it's not a challenge for me. It's just another style of casting. But, you know, for these people, it is a challenge. And they're still, like, building up to that. So, like, yeah, if you, like, say that to me, it's like, well, I get it, bro. For you, that's a challenge. For me, it's not. Mm -hmm. So I don't care. I'm just out here doing something new, exciting, accessing actually a larger size of fish than I usually do with my flies. And but yeah, it's it. Do you it's think in you every in every category of outdoors, something. there's this elitist bullshit mm -hmm. that you know I do it this way, which is greater than you. And you feel like the even swim bait, same thing. Oh yeah, the the, the swim bait guys. We, you know, we all try to act like we're doing something better than the guy that's out there with the drop shot. Oh, he's just throwing a drop shot. <laughs> and certain times of the year, it's like, oh well, yeah, he caught all those. You know, he caught thirty pounds because he's using a drop shot. And what did you catch? Cut a four, four pounder, right? Like, so then who's cool here? Like, you know, who's actually doing it? Well, but it's cool. I think it, when you say stuff like this, people, like you say, you have a following for being a swim bait guy. Mm -hmm. I like hearing the what the swim bait guy's outlook is on it because maybe it'll open some other people's eyes and go, you know what? I'm like, I'm not going to go straight to the swim bait and throw it. And I've, I'm sure we beat sure. the shit out of this topic on multiple mm -hmm. podcasts. But yeah. I feel like it's good to hear you say there's different ways to go about things sometimes. Oh know, yeah. Just to say it. Yeah. They even make sayings. There's different ways to skin a cat. You there know? you go. So like, yeah, it's, there's different ways. They're all enjoyable. And if it's you having a good time and it makes your hair stand up, fucking do it. You yeah. Know? But, uh, definitely don't think that you're doing something that's holier than some <laughs> other guy. Like we're all out there on the lake, right? Yeah. We should all like the same thing. Like we're all out in the field doing hunting or doing fishing or whatever. Like, look at the bigger picture of it instead of like, for some reason, you know, a lot of us like to compartmentalize myself into like, well, I, you know, there's just all these turds, but I do it this way or I only use this. And so when purists, you, I guess, yeah, even just, in the fly fishing world, right. there's, there's the purists that are like, I don't do those styles of fly fishing. I only fish dry flies. Yeah, that's what I'm only going <laughs> to fish them if they're on the surface. Oh, okay. So do you want to tie it? Let's tie a dropper on there. So you get, no, I don't fish two hooks, only one. And even in the fly fishing, I don't fish warm water. What you does know that what warm mean? water is? No. Warm water. 
Warm waters when you're not in the mountains in the crystal clear cold waters of the moving mountains and Are the you rivers. There's you guys that fish those lakes for <laughs> bass and carp <laughs> in the warm. You know, I don't. I don't know what the. Uh, so is there a degree here that like am I, is this technically warm water or cold? Yes. Am I cool or am I not cool? Yeah. Like, am I doing something that's you know approved by you because it's fifty six degrees or if it was fifty seven is that like shitty now? You know that's the warm water. Like, yeah. you get to so see it even, all because you I see do it all. all. Yeah, you because I do it all. You do right, everything. I do it all and I do it all pretty damn good. Like, yeah. I, you know, I've, I've I've been pretty successful at all of it, so I can take <laughs> a step back and be like. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> Does it make you like not want to go on social media sometimes because you just hear bullshit? No, I don't, care. <laughs> I don't care. You're like, no, I'm here for the popcorn. <laughs> oh, look at this guy. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I, I know. I just, uh, I don't know. I have a different outlook on yeah. that social media thing. I think some, some people like get too wrapped up in it and it starts, you know, hurting their self esteem and this mm-hmm. and that and making the Mac weird. And no, I just you know, like it's all fun to me. I mean, I'm I've done it. I've gotten yeah. involved in it. You know, uh-huh. I, I get people people post shitty stuff sometimes. It's like, yeah. eh, what are you gonna do? Right. You know, that's what I think about it. But um, I had a, another question for you. Was the feathers on the hooks on the depths two fifty? Yeah. Um, when did you start doing that, and why did you start doing it? So, um, when we when the depths two fifty first came around, they all had feathers. Okay. They all came with uh, these big puffy white chicken feathers on do you remember there. when you got it what year mm-hmm. uh no i don't remember the exact year i think it was maybe like is it 2008 or okay something? so maybe like t- 10 years ago it's 12 like 10 years 12 ago. years ago okay yeah uh and they all had these feathers on them and i think it was before butch was really like I don't remember. I don't want to say the timelines or whatever yeah i have a really bad memory with that kind of stuff okay but it wasn't like popular yet it was still like a really big secret uh, my buddy Terry Lancaster one that was the one that told me about it when I first looked at it. I remember Ben had one at his store at okay. the hookup early on. And I was kind of like, that thing looks like a rubber ducky, dude. Like, what the <laughs> hell is that? And I wouldn't have even known when I first saw it, I wouldn't have even known how to work it. Yeah. I would have been doing it wrong and I would have just wrote the bait off. So, but when I finally started fishing it, um, it, they all had those feathers on them. And some of my buddies, like at that time, I was talking to Matt Purcell and Chris Purcell and stuff, and Ben, and kind of asked them. And they were all like with the idea that like, take that shit off. It's not natural. It needs to be supernatural. Change the hooks. Take those off. But I always did really well. I left one with both hooks. And I mean, shit, they added to the action, right? Like it would go one way and they would fly out and then go other way and they would fly out the other way. Mm-hmm. And I caught fish on them. But those weren't quite like the feathered hooks that we're talking about. So the feathered ones that I'm talking about, it, uh, it started when I started throwing the Roman main mother and the Hinkle trout. Those are a 10 inch or 12 inch, you know. Yeah. Sorry. We're talking about the 12 inch category now, mm-hmm. not the tens. Uh, the 10 inch to me seemed like any bass could just hit it from the side. No problem. Like it's like they knew mm-hmm. they just, oh, I can take this thing on. But once I started getting into the the 12-inch baits, uh, at that time, we were still able to get a lot of followers and see a lot of the fish reaction and and read that body language, like when that elephant trumpets, you know, it was, again, like (laughs) that same kind of thing. Like, what am I looking at here? Like, this fish is acting in a certain way. It's displaying things. It's moving its fins. It's it's breathing heavier, like, (laughs) it's about to eat it. Like, you learn things, right, Mm -hmm. when you see this. So I kind of saw that... 
With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I thought like they would circle it and they would look at it and be real confused and kind of give all those signs that they were going to, they wanted to eat it, but it's almost like they didn't know where to start. Like somebody served a big burger on your plate and it's like, I know I'm going to eat the shit out of this thing. It looks delicious, but oh my God, how do I even grab, how do I not get it all over myself? Like, where do I start? You know, do I need a, do I need a knife? Like, yeah. And have like a girl, you know, like <laughs> what do I need to do here? Like, and, and I felt like they, they're displaying that same kind of behavior. Like they want it, but they don't know where. And then I started realizing that like, Hey, some of these Japanese guys like leave the hook, the feathers, and those depths used to come with feathers. What happens if I start putting a feather, but like one tied by me? Because I, I tie flies too for years. So I was like, instead of that big, nasty, white chicken feather that right away I would look at and be like, this is not tied by somebody that ties flies. Like yeah. this shit's, what the hell's going on here? Like, this is somebody just grabbed the clump and like, <laughs> like that's not really the right way. Not that there's a right or wrong way, but there is but like a way to manipulate it. So you know how so, to do yeah, it. Yeah, I kind of looked at it and yeah. was like, what if I make it a little more subtle and a little more like the same way that I look at a bass fly in a catalog mm -hmm. and maybe like, come on now, like it doesn't need to be those colors. Let me make it these natural colors. Uh, I took it and and I started tying my own more subtle flies. And then I also looked at the idea that like, okay, so if this is for targeting, which I want them to do, I don't want to put it on both because I don't want a rear hookup with this huge bait. Like that's the most nerve wracking thing to see a big fish coming in on that rear hook because they can shake it easy, yes. right? The leverage, if they, you know, come up and ca -ca -ca -ca, you know, move their mouth, like it's coming out. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want it. I don't want them targeting the rear one. I would put it on the front one because I want that front hook hookup. And yeah, the next trip I went out with that setup and all of a sudden, like since then, most of, you know, 90% of those fish that I would uh, catch on the hooked bait on the, on the feathered baits would come in. Uh, they would come in on that front feather. Yeah. So I was like, okay, to me, it's about them being able to target that. And it gives them something to look at, something to attack, something to strike. And uh, it just, it, it increased my hookups and my, you know, success with those large glides. So that's why. Which is why. super cool, though, be, you uh, tied in the fly fishing to it. Yeah. Because you probably wouldn't have been able to get the same type no. of No, of you feathers. can't, you still kind of can't. I mean, yeah. I think there's some dudes on Instagram now selling like feathered hooks and people buy them. But like, definitely at that time, there was, Did yeah, you do something, a video, was it with the hookup, right? 
Uh, I've done some video videos with the hookup. Oh, I did a YouTube on my YouTube well, video. YouTube, there's like yeah. a part one and two. And part two, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. like the first part, I go over this theory of it, yes. how it came to be, and me, uh-huh. like how I came, not just well, I saw some other dude doing it, so did it suck him off? Yeah, it suck him off. <laughs> like no, it like I explained why I started doing it, how I rationalized it in my mind, and how I saw it work. And then the part two was like actually on the vice, so like I had the. Like, I think I put the camera under my fucking second chin and like, (laughs) now this and now that. But I knew that like the tying part was going to be above most people's heads, you know, and like, I, man, whatever. I guarantee you a lot of people bought I wanted to show how to do it and, and the right way of how, you know, I was lucky to be taught by some really good tires. Um, and experience their lessons of how to tie flies and how to make them, you know, the difference between nice wraps and just blah, and it looks like a turkey. Um, so I was just kind of wanting to share some of those, some of those things that I've learned along the way. Cause a I, lot of that tying, a lot of the fly tying stuff is like how and where to cut these materials. Like you don't just grab a feather and slap it on there. There's a certain, you know, a certain part by bending it that you see like, Oh, okay. That's where that, like the hard part of that inner quill is no longer as hard that's where you clip it then you clean off the two sides and then that gives the thread something to tie onto so it's not slipping out uh you know so how to make it more durable how to you know how to make it right mm-hmm. and and that's what uh i try to kind of portray in that youtube video yeah. i uh i tried for gosh surf fishing because I, I bought it get a temple fork outfitter like a whole setup mm-hmm. and i tied the, the fucking flies yeah for the surf ones yeah. And I remember practicing is it the whole, where you, you load it to shoot it. Uh-huh, double hull. Yeah. And I was just fucking slapping myself in the face. Dude. Oh, really? <laughs> Snapping me in the back of the fucking head. That's why I always smash barbs on flies, <laughs> man. Like, it's not only for them, it's for me. Like, it's like a mask, you know. Yeah. My mask protects me and they can't see <laughs> Well, the barb, you know, smashing the barb not only protects the fish, it protects my fucking back of my head, you know. <laughs> but, the, I mean, it's a, it's a, like, it's like, bait making almost for, oh, yeah. for the time the fly for for us you know, oh yeah for, and, and you know it takes uh, talent i'm gonna admit like i was in that you know for years i was in that whole like it's only fly fishing like it has to be on a fly and then you start tying your own flies and then it's like i know this other fly might work but i'm not gonna fish a fly in a fucking catalog i need to fish the one that i'm building the one that i'm working on i have three different variants of it and i need to find which one is going to be the best one you know like so yeah, it, it becomes real addictive like that. Like, like how I imagine, like bait, right? Yeah, like how bait, I imagine like, somebody that fishes their own baits, like Mike Gilbert, might like I'm gonna fish that battle shad. What else are you fishing? Just the battle shad. What do you think? <laughs> okay, sorry, dude. You know, damn. All right. Like, well, you, you know, only yeah. fish a battle shad when you guys fish. Uh, he can rebuttal because well, no, I don't be know on, because be it's on, been uh, it's been be some on. years. But when he was out here, it was like a new. You know, he was working he, on the bait, so we were both fishing the shit out of it. Yeah. And it was being really successful. Like yeah. It was working insanely good. No, it's good. a great bait. Yeah. And, uh, but I can see how, like, you know, yeah, I've been there. Like, you, you don't want to, like, you don't want to do the other one, even though you know it might work <laughs> better or whatever. Like, you're so, you're always trying to tweak something in yours and always yes. trying to, like, get the best out of it and learn something different. Where, like, oh, maybe, maybe now if I use this cut, maybe if I use this material, maybe if I use that tail, maybe if I do this, like. And, but that could really bring you down as a fisherman at the same time, like, if you aren't going to try to. Use different tools. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, if right. the only if the only uh, point to your fishing is a certain goal, you know, to catch a certain amount or a certain size, maybe. But if your goal in fishing is to go out and enjoy and have fun and learn new Doesn't shit, then matter. like you're succeeded. You know? Yeah, so. that's true. I'm gonna go grab my phone and we'll get bust into this uh, Q and A part. Cool. Let me grab it. 
<laughs> Matt came out with a question for sale. Did he? He said, <laughs> this is hilarious. <laughs> he said, um, <laughs> All right. what, ask, is it, what is this monkey? Matt Purcell said, "Ask Manny about his ex relationships. It'd be good for your Sunday." <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know about some of that stuff that I told you recently. Yeah, about. this is a good joke, Matt. We're not doing that. You're, this is for family people. This podcast, or it's no. just for non degenerates. For Christ's no, I got sake. a lot like, of degenerates listening for sure. Well, I like this shit. Then <laughs> let me uh, pull up this fucking post. The Cholos. With Miklo in there. Do you like that Miklo fucking app? <laughs> yeah, that's the shit. I love it when people do that stuff. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's start the newest first. Um, how? Okay, this is uh, Maya the Caroso. Uh, Kane Caroso. They have, they have, you know, uh-huh. you seen those? Yeah, yeah. He, he raises them. Yeah. yeah. Super I mean, cool. I, I follow him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always hit him up because I like want to get one of those one day if my wife really? wants me. Yeah. Yeah, a giant? Um. <laughs> How many double digits have you got on your hands? I don't know. Somewhere 10. 7 to 10. 7 to 10. Yeah. Somewhere 8, 7, 8 to 10. Yeah. Like you we, you don't really, you not really care. Like it's cool, but. Uh, I just, remember them. Yeah. But uh, it's it's definitely not like as huge of a thing to me, I've noticed, as it is to other people. There's other guys that out here that fish also and they maybe not they haven't caught a 10 yet and to them that's the end of the world like they're just like another nine another 9.8 another 9.5 like damn it it's like, is arizona but so a 10 in arizona would that be like like a 15 in you know California? how like uh i think swimmate underground has it uh like do they get points here? Well, because yeah, they they oh, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, we get like 2 or 3 pounds points in their in their tournaments. So, I think that's a good representation that okay. yeah, we don't have like uh, you know, a, a 10 here is like a 13 you know, or like an 11 is like a 13 in California, yeah, I would okay. say. Yeah. Right. And like a yeah. 12 is like a 14 15 for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's so, kind of the end mm-hmm. also. If you say hey, so and so caught just 10. not that many caught. Like yeah. even when even at the even at the peak of it, when we were really like when the fishing was really good and there was a lot more guys out here throwing those baits and getting better at it and knowing what they're doing. Even then, like I don't remember many, if at any at all, catching teeners on it. We've all had like our little experience. We all have our little story about, you know, that one that got away, but none of like, it wasn't a normal thing. Like how it is in California where it's like, Hey, th- this season, somebody's going to catch a 13. Right or, a, 12, or a lot of or, guys have caught already tens. have a lot of guys know? caught yeah. tens like already yeah. yeah and a lot of guys can go out and catch a ten yeah and be like oh it was just a ten you know but where we would be like oh my god <laughs> I would be like that too <laughs> yeah. give me an eight man but you know the tens are so it, and it's really weird because like when a fish gets to that range it's kind of almost like what feeding cycle did you catch him in because he could easily be anywhere from ten to thirteen you know twelve very easily just depending on you know. Did he eat enough of those trout, or was he eating enough of those crawdads today, or whatever? No, it so, makes sense. Like when I caught my, my they're uh, so big, you know, like that. Yeah. that structure's there. The shoulders, the belly, like there's room for expansion. <laughs> yeah, that's when you pull the fish up, you mm-hmm. see it's skinny or whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah. Um, this is uh, fish for life one. Uh, if you had to pick striper or largemouth to fish and guide for, largemouth, largemouth. 
Well, because we don't have the, we had really good largemouth fishing that it, even though it wasn't like, again, the California size, I still feel like it was in the top, you know, top five states that you wanted to be fishing for big bass in where our striper fishing here in the, in the local Phoenix area here, we don't have that for the stripers. Like our stripers are a 10, again, a 10 is like really big. We don't have 20. There's just not 20s yeah. and 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s, like how Georgia and shit like yeah. that, where it's like, oh, I got 20, cool. Like, you know, it, <laughs> our, it doesn't balance. So like maybe if it, if they were like 30s and 40s and 50s, like I'd probably be, fuck, I'd want to be fishing that, right? Yes. I like the bigger, the, the bigger and stronger. Dude, they fight insane. Yeah. So if we were able to fish them the way, that's the other thing too, like the way that I like to fish them here. I think it's also different maybe than like how some of those rivers set up and it makes it a little easier maybe, or mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not trying to say that, but, uh, yeah. Like if we could fish them on those big ass spoons or with swim baits, like that'd be a lot of fun, but you know, it's for not here, gonna happen what here. I loved was the setup that I had for many years, which was having people come in, stay for two days, stay at the house. We bang them. We grind hard for two days, sun up to sunrise and, uh, and, and, you know, catch those eight, you know, seven, you know, eight pound normal fish, fun, you know, right? eights and nines yeah. all over the place. And like, that was a shit. I love that. Yeah. Life was happy. Here's was nothing one, more um, exciting. <laughs> Do you experiment? Oh, this is Nick, uh, Nick Lawhorn. Do you experiment with new baits or stay with the tried and true? If you experiment, how do you keep yourself grounded without getting sucked into the big bait hype? Um, yeah, no, I definitely try new things. Um, there's like the tried and true for sure, like works. And, uh, but no, yeah, I constantly try to try to be up on new ones. And, uh, and I feel like this question could be pointed towards that. You you kind of put, got put into a category because you were fishing the swim bait for a long time. Uh -huh. So you got pushed into Manny Chi, the swim bait guy. Right. And right? like and the 250. And but you're not that, right? No, you're I'm not that. And like, even if I do latch onto a bait, like let's say the 250, mm -hmm. the depths 250. The reason like I promote that one and the reason I tell people like do buy that is because it has some key features. Like you don't have to worry about paint. It's got that yes. outer shell. Yeah. So you're not going to be scratching paint. It's going to last longer for you. It's going to be, it's super effective. Like that's the other thing. I don't like, I'm not going to say like, oh yeah, I like that bait. That's a good bait. Like I like it a lot. Oh really? And so you've caught a lot of fish on it? No. You know, I caught one. <laughs> like I don't fuck use are you it. liking it then? Like yeah. who cares? Like, it doesn't fucking work, you know, or whatever. You, but, do you feel like you picked that bait though? Because like it's so fucking effective. And, like, the, and the, I would the try the other shell, ones. The yeah. Outer shell, the outer yeah. shell, the durability, yeah. the price effectiveness, like that's they're already expensive yeah. enough. So like, let's promote stuff that's going to be cost effective. And then I know like the swim is good. The tune is good. There's a quality that's going on. There's the right colors or whatever. So like, yeah, there's features that like, if I say like, that's the best glide before the money, it's based on like actual stuff that I've thought about, not just like, Oh yeah, it's the best because like people like it and you'll look cool if you like catch one on it. Like, no, I don't give a shit about that. Like it, uh, catch so, it on a piece of shit. As so, long as yeah. Catch. And then like, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely hype baits out yeah. there, but again, like for me to be hype on it, like it has to produce or it has to do something so different that, uh, that, that the other ones don't, mm -hmm. or, you know, there's a lot of times when like, I, I think it's really interesting how baits like they match up with styles of fishing. So like if you're getting a bait from a bait maker that likes to throw a glide like and just reel it in a slow, steady 
motion. Like if I'm over there trying to do my like, in, you know, zoom, 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 <laughs> and the bait's not doing the right swim, then it's never going to work for me. And I'm just going to say, oh, that's a piece of shit. Never mind. You need to use the right application. So, yeah. And, and it's too. really cool. Like when you find one that like, hey, this lines up with like my style. This is what I like to see in a glide or a multi-piece or, mm-hmm. you know, or in a top water. Like I like, you know, and, and again, I like it because it works for me. Not just because like, oh, I think it looks cool in the water. Like, But you'll try other baits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I try them all. If, yeah. If it works. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I try a lot of them and some of them I'm just like, this is dumb. And I go back to like something else and like, oh, there's the fish again. Like now they're following, they're reacting, they're eating. So, um, yeah, no, I constantly innovation. Like I love it. You know, I love having something new and there's nothing more exciting. And for a while it was like, what glide do you want to send me? Because I'll make yeah. it happen on there. You know, like we'll figure it out. And I, I do like like finding those different nuances, like say the the mega bass eye slide or yeah yeah the eye slide Mm -hmm. so like that one is a very different action and needs very different input than the slide swimmer or the mother like it's really much more like rod related and you have to be on top of it you got to really like know how to be in control of that bait which you would see most people like online just, oh, no, that bait doesn't, uh, that thing swims weird. Blah, 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 blah. Well, it's yeah. because you're not really adjusting to that bait, maybe. And like, uh, I, I do like that being able to adjust to a certain bait and again, learn like how the designer was doing a certain thing with this bait that maybe I'm not tapping into right. Do you think that gets lost in uh, learning conventional previously? Do you know what I'm saying? So where, mm-hmm. where Oliver kind of made a point is like, hey, throw it like you would throw a jerk bait. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe some guys aren't even working with a jerk bait. Right. And if you've never that. thrown a jerk bait and you don't have that background, then yeah. like that whole comment is kind of lost on them. They'd yeah, be like, working yeah. like a jerk bait. What do you mean? Like this? <laughs> yeah. No, no. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, this is a comedian. He, uh, Chef Chris 401. Why do I look like Tech 9? Me. <laughs> Thug. Yeah, because I'm thug that <laughs> motherfucker. That's why I look like that. <laughs> um, Juan Munoz, uh, 1980. When on new bodies of water, can you talk about how you like to use electronics and how much time you spend scouting before dropping in a line? That's a good question. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for my electronics life, um, most of it was spent using the electronics as a thermometer like an overpriced thermometer. Okay. (laughs) I didn't get it. I didn't understand what they were doing with them. Uh, for the longest time I thought like, why would I spend that much on electronics when I'm not fishing what's underneath me? I'm casting out. Like it doesn't even match. Cause again, I wasn't understanding it. I didn't have like, nobody taught me. I never jumped on somebody's boat that like, Hey, let me break this down for you. This is how you use it. Like most of my fishing has been like this. Like I've had to learn it on my own. Like nobody likes sharing with me anyway. <laughs> like Mike Gilbert. <laughs> but, uh, it, it, when I finally like sat down and was like, okay, there's something going on here. My fishing is lacking this side of it. I need to figure out what the hell is going on and started kind of just doing my research of it to try to, how to rationalize what they're doing. And I finally realized the importance of the mapping. Like I never took the time to buy the little cards <laughs> on those other graphs. So of course the mapping was just, you know, Hey, there's a dot. That's where you are. And this blue stuff is water. It looks like Minecraft, you know, like what, 
what do you use that for? Like, I wouldn't get it. Yeah. So once I finally learned, like, oh, this is why. Because the mapping shows you the topography of what's going on underneath. Mm -hmm. So then I started realizing, like, oh, those guys that are out there fishing, like, off the shoreline and in the what looks to be, like, in the middle of the lake, fuck, they're actually, like, throwing on a ledge that's, like, you know, comes 20 to 40 feet and... Or some peak that like comes up to 15 feet over there. I thought this was all like 90 feet out, just a mm-hmm. big basin. But there's this like mountain tip that comes up to like 15 feet. Or there's, you know, that that point that I, yeah, I can tell. Yeah, that's a point. But I'm usually fishing like the shallow side of that point. That point comes all the way out here, still in fishable water. So, yeah, hopefully, we you know, when I fish a new area, there's a map for it. And, and that helps... You know, for sure, that's like where I'm going to go first. Those key uh, key structures or points or features that are that are in that water that are corresponding with that season. Mm -hmm. Right. Like what am I looking for in this season in relation to the spawn and where are those features on my boat? So like the hummingbirds, they were really cool because I can highlight a certain range of depth. So all of a sudden, like if I was to never be at Canyon Lake and I'm there in the winter, I can highlight that like 20 to 30 foot range Mm -hmm. and I'll be able to see all those spots where the features are right. And then I can go over them and like find on that feature, on that ledge, there's always out here, there's always like a rocky vein part. That's the chunky rocky of it. And then the other stuff is more like just mellow, sandy, you know, or, or mm-hmm. like gravelly kind of stuff that's actually pretty boring. Those bigger fish are going to want to compete with others and be on that prime stuff that, you know, which let's just say in the winter, the ledge, it's going to be the chunky stuff. So I would then go over it with the side imaging and see where that is and see how it looks underwater. And then I hit my waypoints that are kind of like targets of like, it goes from here do, 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 to here, right? And then I'll back away from that. And then I can like even turn that stuff off. And now I roll up to it with my mapping, which lets me know where my boat is in relation to that structure, where my cast needs to be. Like I know it's out there. So I need to, you know, and I can tell by the scale, like it's 75 feet out there. So I need to bomb this thing like 100 feet so that I'm landing behind it and working my way into that structure. And then, you know, if if I want to see if there's fish on it, then I go to the sonar, right? But, yeah, it's a huge part of it. And, and it really, it'll cut down the time that you're wasting on, like, okay, there's a ledge. Let me work the whole thing. Maybe just go to that key spot, a few casts, and then move on and find another one. And when you do connect with the fish, you can also, again, look at it and then say, oh, that, you know, that last one came on this. Let me try to find that pattern in other spots in the lake. And I can back out of that GPS and find these other, you know, other features on this lake that have that same similar setup and then go to fish those. So definitely like I, I haven't been off? on new water like in a long yeah. time, but uh, I would love to. And that's how I would break it down is I would take that GPS mapping and start off by the seasonality and like go down the list from there. Will you turn off the transducer after you've marked your spots just so it you depends. Think that affects it depends. Uh, affect? I mean, it definitely makes sense that it would, you know, you yeah. hear that clicking and, yeah. and sound travels a lot in water. Yeah. 
So, you know, yeah, if you wanted to be more stealth mode and like yeah. Mike Gilbert taught me that kind of stuff, like to really catch big ones, you got to be in that stealth mode. So, yeah, I would, uh, it, you know, if I was just fishing that, I would turn it off. Sometimes, though, like if I'm on a guide trip or something, I want to see because you'll see the fish as they come under your boat, too. And that might tell you like, oh, you know what? I'm casting too deep onto that. Let's back off mm -hmm. because they're actually like swimming under the boat here. So, yeah, it, both, you know. Yeah, That's great. Um, but I can also see why. Uh, guys have two or even three, you know, now I understand the three thing, but like why guys have two screens. Uh, I always kind of thought like, Oh God, that's just some dude showing off that he's on the program and he can get two of them instead of just my one. <laughs> but now I see why like, Oh no, it's really nice to not have to split the screens mm -hmm. and be able to have one with just my mapping, showing it in a large perspective and one with either just my sonar or just my side imaging or mm -hmm. just my 360 that's running its own thing, not having to share real estate of the screen with the mapping. Yes. So that's like, I, I definitely see why and like, you know, want to get more screens. Like No, that. I'm getting, I'm want to get the, um, I have an old iPad, so I'm going to just try to hook yeah, it up and uh -huh. then put it on a ram out in the front. Right, right. So I've done that at Havasu on. to kind of know, yeah. again, like where I am exactly. and let this other one run something else. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, this is from uh, Prism Shallow. For more, most large size dead stick baits, what conditions are you looking for to use those baits in? Do you need wind current and RC active feeding fish to utilize it? Or do you use those baits when there is little or no beneficial conditions and want a slower and more sub subtle uh, presentation? Uh, easy answer. I've never used a dead stick bait. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I tried one one time. Like I, I, yeah. I had some ideas. And again, it was one of those things where like, hey, what do you? what do you do with this shit? Like, oh, you throw it out and just there, you know, you can throw it out and put it in the rod holder and just leave it. No, you can't because you have to, even though you throw that thing out, like I have used them, but I've mm -hmm. never caught a fish on them. So uh, I've used them and it's, it's actually very involved. You have to like, again, line management. It's not going to do you any good if you just throw it out and don't pay attention and you know, you're, it gets bit and you have this big bow in the line and now you're trying to set hook with, you know, 80 100 feet of line out and rawr, it's not going to work mm -hmm. so the only thing i can say about dead stick baits is that they're not just throw it out and forget it like they're very like you're constantly kind of having to manage line but i would say that for out here it wasn't really a uh a very strong technique yeah so i All don't right. know no question this one's from <laughs> s33z3r and I responded to this already. He said, do you have to get lit to get bit? I said, yes. Only when calico fishing. No, it's all time. <laughs> yeah. Come on now. Yes. That's a dumb question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this, no, is a, this is a good one. Um, <laughs> this is exclusive fishing. Manny, what's your top five go-to glide baits? That's for sure to get a chaser. Uh, Slide Swimmer 250, Hinkle Trout, Roman May Mother, uh, Mega Bass Eye Slide. How many is that? Four? Yeah. One more. Uh, one more. Um, oh, the uh, the high power swim baits gliding gizzard. It's not called an HPH. <laughs> I don't know where you guys invented that bullshit. It doesn't make any sense at all. The high power swim baits gliding gizzard. Okay. Um, <laughs> there's some funny ass ones that are just because I put up shit like this dude's like make that King Cobra and some solos and it's a deal. <laughs> Because I put in the post, I put, 
Uh, best question wins a 40 and some Dickies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was from Ed Pop Grower. Uh, this one is, this is a good one. Uh, it says, I see fish. Where do you harvest your good vibes? Keep sharing outdoors with the positivity. At the Good Vibes Farm. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. That's a, that, but really, you're a, you're a happy-go-lucky guy, you know, and like, yeah, I'm, it's just that's how you are, huh? Well, I mean, it, no, not at all times. Like sometimes I'm a fucking grouch too, you yeah. know, or like a pissy little dude. But like, uh, if I'm out there, like, dude, we're out in nature happy, yeah. on my beautiful boat. Got my dog or a friend or a new client or you know, like it's it's fun. Like, how can that not? Like, yeah, how can you? Like, if it, if it starts turning into like a anger thing like maybe it's time to again hit up that badminton you know like <laughs> that shit looks like fun uh, um yeah, thanks but <laughs> here's a good one for you who's the best big bait chucker of all time besides butch uh well who said it had to be butch no i'm just kidding <laughs> obviously that's, that's right? fully, yeah. uh, fully committed uh, to me it's a uh, uh to me like man uh from what i've you know had out here mike gilbert mm-hmm. and uh oliver and i like mm-hmm. uh those two guys impress the shit out of me. Uh, every cast they make is on point. Mm-hmm. Every, like, they know how to read the water, right? Like, I've, I've had them both out here for their first times, and they've never, you know, they had never been on my waters, and yet they knew exactly. It's not like I had to tell them, like, okay, cat, you know, this rock, you know, cast it over here on this side. Like, no, they just, boom. And uh, and their, their skill for that and their, like, steadiness, uh, like, consistency uh, because like I can be good, but then I can be bad too. It's, I imagine everybody goes through this, like we have bad days where it's just like, I, Oh, I keep missing like right where I want it to be. Right. right? It yeah. keeps going like a foot to the left or a foot to the right. Um, but those guys are so good. Um, the way, you know, uh, for me, Oliver Nye, his like technique is so damn flawless. He's a fucking ninja. Mm-hmm. And Mike Gilbert, his technical side like what goes on in his brain and what how he like breaks down an area and analyzes it and feeds these fish is just fucking insane mm-hmm. like it's another level and it's something that i definitely don't have um they they i learn a lot from him um it's it's very impressive to watch these guys on the water and just like anything else like uh you know you want to get better at tennis like play with people who are better than you right and don't just sit there and pick on the younger you know the dudes coming up <laughs> like if you want to get better like fish with these guys because it's like you learn just by watching them and just by being or on just watch what they, they're doing you know seeing, mm-hmm. seeing what yeah. they do yeah a great so, great answer Mike um, Gilbert, Oliver and I. yeah uh, what do you throw on fish just on? Oh, and Matt Purcell too. Like Matt Purcell, you know, well, no, 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 you no, just you had just, a podcast. You just big dicked him. You take it out now. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Purcell's up there too. It's just, he's not maybe as active as they are no. on, on social medias and shit like that. And the brag, not bragging, but you know, he's not out there in the world <laughs> hey, as Mike much. Mike Oliver, you guys brag. Fucking Oliver. Matt <laughs> is a fishy fucking guy. He's one of those, like the other guys, I feel like, you know, Mike and, and, and Oliver, like they've, worked for what they got and matt just has this natural fishiness where it's just fish are fucking attractive they want to be caught by him well the thing about matt <laughs> i like his attitude because he's like you he's of, real shitty in the morning dude he's, he's, 
he's a fucking grouch in the morning. I love him, but yeah, he's a grouch in the morning. But he's so nonchalant about shit. You know what I'm saying? That's like a yeah. To, if you want to compare someone that has oh, if you want to get yelled at and shit care. and be fucking mistreated, but I like that intensity yes. because I like I want to catch that fish too. So yell at me and tell me what I need to be doing and fucking you know it's never like personal attack yes it's just an overall attack yeah i'm like <laughs> that's great yeah you need that <laughs> um this is a good one uh, michael sugarless what do you throw when the fish just aren't biting anything else i throw in the hat <laughs> <laughs> right shit um it's uh it, it's seasonal for me uh what i'm what i'm throwing or what i'm looking for and I am very much like one of my downfalls is that I would say I'm very much like a do or die kind of guy where it's like, well, it's winter. So you better eat this shit. And then these spots. And if it's not working, then fuck you guys. It's because of you, not me. Yeah. Like this is you, you guys yeah. are already full or it's the yeah. wrong moon or some shit's wrong with you guys. Like, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> so I'm very do or die sometimes. And, and you know, I would probably be better by, having more of these other but mm-hmm. you know again it's pretty standby like battle sheds uh battles shed and 250s like you could figure it out usually yeah okay. and then there's other stuff in between that fits the season the bottom a multi-piece or some other stuff you know huds but it's like with those two baits you you know it time flies out there for me too like i always wish i had more time to try more things or to try other techniques but it's like fuck, we all look at my clock. It's already 10 a.m. Like the morning's gone. The yeah. morning's over with. Like that bite's done with. So like, yeah, it always, uh, it feels like a big race against time sometimes. And and there's so much of it where it's just like, shit, should I start on the left side or the right side? And like, you know, should I work this place or that spot? And like, and if that doesn't work, like what did I miss out on by not mm-hmm. choosing the other one? Like shit. So yeah, it's, a good it's so hard because you can't see them. You, know, you don't <laughs> right. know. Um. This one is for Chris. Uh, it'd be cool to meet the man and the legend uh, and hear some stories. You can do that. Book a trip. <laughs> there you go. You want to meet the man, the myth, the legend? Book a trip with Manny. Um, I'm available. <laughs> rest in pieces. What's your favorite underrated or overlooked bait, either swim bait or conventional, something a beginner could gain knowledge from and experience from? Uh, let's say the S waiver 200. I don't hear a lot about, you don't hear like a whole ton about that bait. It's Mm -hmm. never been a hype bait. You know, it's always in stock anywhere that sells those kind of baits has them and uh, it's inexpensive and, uh, yeah, it's worked for us. Like if I ever had somebody that like, Oh, like I'm here and I'm hardcore into this and I'm bringing my buddy or I'm bringing my girlfriend or I'm bringing somebody that's maybe even never even thrown a bait caster. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't have like guide setups where I cheapen them down on what's going on. But there are some times when it's like, you're going to beat the shit out of my bait. Like if I put this in your hands. So let me give you this. That's waiver 200. <laughs> because I know that it works. It's going to catch fish. It, you know, it might not have the same draw as the 250 does or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I would say that one. You know, and like the Gancraft too, the jointed claw yeah. two thirty is another bait that like I uh I never saw it quite become a hype bait. It's always kind of in stock and uh we've caught a lot of fish on them. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's fun. Yeah. So Yeah, that's the first two. when I talked to Charles, that's mm-hmm. my guy. I kinda of, he the yeah. same thing. He pointed me that way, get those. Yeah. Um 
<laughs> I don't know who this is pointed at. It says, Fish Hard Inc., when are you going to make fishing lame again? Always. There you go. Stay lame. <laughs> uh, Stay lame, see. <laughs> Um And this one is from Dylan Bor- Borisek. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been swim baiting six years now, and I've seen some many double digits during those couple of years. Yeah. What is the best way to make a big fish to commit at the boat? I've tried eight trapping with no luck. Stop rapping. And, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> trap, not rap. Um, so it, I'd have to be there, right. To like to see maybe what's going on. But when I started and I was getting a lot of, uh, follows that weren't committing or that were just kind of nipping, not really crushing the bait. Uh, some of the things that I looked at were what angle am I throwing this thing out of? Uh, a big thing for me that why I think I started with a lot of follows was that I was drawing them out. So I was looking at fishing like how I used to look at fishing, where like get 90 degrees of the shoreline, throw it as close as you can to the shore, and then work it out. Mm-hmm. Well, in some spots of ours, that means you're casting into like inches or a foot of water, and then you're, you're very quickly get losing depth. And you're out here in 40 feet now, 30, 20 feet of open water. And you're asking that bass to go ahead and, you know, deny your heritage, (laughs) like (laughs) deny your evolution because the bass is an ambush predator. It's not a tuna. It doesn't overcome its prey by chasing them down the lake until that prey gets too tired to be able to function. And then they freaking hammer them. The bass is an ambush predator that needs to ambush its prey. So its prey needs to become ambushed. So for me, a big thing was changing those angles and where I was casting and how I was casting to cast, maybe like look at it like you're on the shore, like tuck my boat in now. Like instead of going 90 degrees, now I whoop, I put my boat in real shallow and I cast like out into the deep and bring it into the shallow so that that fish is going to be running out of time because the bait's getting too shallow. So it's going to give them an urgency that like, oh, I need to crush this thing you know, shit or get off the pot. Like, and, and not just follow it. And like, again, you would, they would follow out into open water and I could tell by their body language that like, ah, this isn't going to work. Why even chase this? If I, it's going to get away from me too easily. Mm-hmm. If you give them something to pin it to now, they're feeling much more confident and they'll put in a little bit more effort to crush your bait. So one was like the angle, like, how are you presenting? Like, think back and look at the overall picture what are you presenting and what are you asking from that fish? Like, what are you asking him to do to eat this bait? Uh, remember that, like, it, it's crazy because we have this fine line where we have to try to act like we're getting away because a natural predator, a prey, is trying to get away from its predator. It's not trying to just fall into its fucking mouth, right? So you, you're having to ride this line between, like, I'm trying to get away, but I'm too hurt and I can't. And But, like, come on, eat me. Like... It, you know, it, it has to play into that natural game. So the angle, the presentation, and then the swim, like, I don't know how you're swimming your bait. You know, Mm -hmm. you may be swimming it wrong. You may be imparting too much action. You may not be imparting enough. Uh, I can tell you that when I first started this stuff, uh, you know, it, it wasn't common for me to go out and just catch sixes and eight pounders every trip. Like it was a big deal to even see them behind my bait. So the first thing I would do was like freeze, like it's a Senko, like, Oh, stop. Let it, let it, 
let us see it, let us see it, let us see it. And like, you know, my bait would be from like gliding or, you know, to like, and it would just, yeah, I killed the action. And the fish would just be like, oh, I knew it was nothing and turn away. Well, like, again, that swim is super important. And it's one of back to one of those things that like, I think a big thing that people learn when they come out here is that dance of the glide, like that swim. What's the swim that gets them to follow? What's the swim that gets them to eat normally, right? Day to day. It's fishing. Everything's going to always, there's no constants. Everything's always changing. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's slow. Sometimes it's stop. Somebody's going to be like, well, then how do you explain the fish that I caught when it was coming and I stopped it? <laughs> I get it. Okay. Yes. But I'm talking about shit that's day in and day out of why I was able to take people for, you know, four years and consistently make it work. Yeah. It's this base. And then from there you can branch out into other ideas. But, you know, the swim is super important. And again, if like if you're lucky enough to still be getting fish that are following in this day and age, because I think most of us in California and Arizona, we don't really see followers like that anymore. They just don't do that. Right. Whether it's they've been conditioned or it's just the cycle is different or whatever. We don't really we're not having those like 30, 40 follow days like we used to hear. So, uh you know, I don't know. Like if you're still getting those, like to play them, like tease them. Uh, you know, one, one way that I can kind of like analyze this is to like, think of playing with a cat. You know, it's different than playing with a dog. A dog will get excited and you can just throw that ball, you know, as far as you can throw. And that dog's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm focused on the ball, focused on the ball. A cat, if you grab, like, even if it wants to play with something and you just go ahead and throw it across the room, the cat's like, oh, well, I'm not going to play with that. It's too far. But if you kind of roll it where it could make like a quick snap, you know, with its paw, then it'll start kind of playing. And when it goes to do that, you oh, you pull it back and then you throw it back and you pull it back. <laughs> yeah. Or like I've said before, like with a candy bar, right? If I was like, hey, Nick, dude, try this new candy bar. It's awesome. It's like hemp and peanuts and it makes your shit green. <laughs> like, really? Dude, I want to try that. They're like, yeah, come on. Like, try it. Oh, <laughs> kidding. And you'd be like, ah, ha, ha, you're funny, Manny. Okay, really try it again. It. Oh, <laughs> And I stare you in the eyes. You sure? And like, come on. Like three or four, you're like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm about to smack the shit out of you. Like, stop it or shove that thing up your own ass. Like, leave me alone. So that same kind of like, you know, that that push and pull. Um, I know Dylan hunts also. So like in antelope, I see it. Like in an antelope, when I, I got drawn one time, one of my first damn hunts was an antelope archery tag. Antelope is one of like, it was also my first big game hunt was an antelope with a rifle. Wow. Two different worlds yes. completely. Yes. Because what I learned is the antelope, uh, you know, it's originally from the plains. It was like an old world animal that came into the North America. And its natural uh, predator was like when we had the cheetahs and fucking lions and shit out here. So its whole game was like, I can let something come 100 yards and I don't care. Something can stand at 300. Something can be standing at 200, waving its arms. 100. But once it closes more than 100, I'm out of here. And it just does this, boom, this quick burst of speed. <laughs> runs away. And then we'll stop and turn around and look at you now like, all right, we're like five, 600 yards. What, what do you got now? <laughs> like, so it's like this little typewriter thing. And it kind of like it correlates because it's every fish kind of has its comfortable area where it's like, I don't mind something being this close. And you see it like in the ocean with sharks and shit. Mm. Like, wait a minute, why are these jacks swimming around when they know that the shark eats them, but they know like, 
yeah, they eat me, but that shark's over there. That's not really an issue. Yeah. Unless I see him start maneuvering yeah. and getting all close, then I got to get the fuck out. So it's that same, like that, you know, that antelope with the archery getting closer than at that time. I definitely wasn't, you know, confident enough to be trying to hit one at 100 yards or 80 or even 75. <laughs> but I needed to close that in. And it was so hard because the sec, you know, in that 100 yards, they are so in control of that range. And they're just like, oh, brr, nope, we're out. And you then we're sneaky around. as fuck. Yeah. Huh? Whereas with a rifle, like, you know, and again, maybe this goes on to the, you know, well, I shot it with my bow. <laughs> then you're right there, you know. You had to get in that hundred yard like realm. You, you had to get beat. into you that closer beat. thing. And that is uh harder to do than just, oh yeah, no, it's all good. It can stay at three hundred yards. Watch this scope I got. It's fucking badass and I know how to shoot and I've you know I've been practicing a lot. So yeah, it's it's that same with these bass, like that bait, you have to think about like, you know, in, in nature, that little bait has its like realm of where it's comfortable having a bass here, but not right here. So I want to get away if he comes in and closes that move out a little, but not so much where I'm like the cat where like I already threw it too far and the bass is like, ah, fuck it. So I need to, I need to keep like that magnetism where it's like, you could get it if you just do a little burst of energy. Oh, just kidding. Oh, come on, come on, you know, oh, fuck, come here, motherfucker. You know, oh, you could, you could get me if you really wanted it over here. But oh, no, you can't. And you see that like build up. And that's like the, you know, when you're teasing these fish on, in on these visual baits, like glide baits, that was like, shit, what got me so excited was like, wow, you're actually, it's like a bullfight. Like I'm toying with the bull, right? And I'm like teasing him to like, come on, come on. But I have to know. Just like that bullfighter knows when to push, when to pull, when to give it space, when to take it space. Like it's this dance that like you have to tease. And you're, them. you're sight fishing this most of the time. These when, are on site. If you're seeing you're coming, the follower, yeah, yeah, then you've got them. And you know, then you learn like as as you get more practice with that, you learn like, oh, okay, like it, certain behaviors. Like when I see him coming at this bait a certain way, which is like usually. You know, if I saw one and the glide's going and I saw a fish that was like zigzagging with the glide, like it was like, oh, shit, hold on. Get the net. Like, get ready. Here it comes. Here it comes. It's going to eat it. As opposed to like one that's like the bait is gliding and the fish is just following underneath, like, you know, feet back and mm -hmm. in its blind zone because it's like tracking it in the fish. It knows where like you can't see me here. I'm not really like super so excited on this, right but there. I'm following. Yeah, those it's kind of like, ooh. Just take that as research, right? Mm -hmm. You see now like, ooh, I've accessed where a fish that I would want to catch mm -hmm. hangs out at some point in the day, right? At some point in the day, that fucker knows that like somewhere in here, if I, if I analyze this spot again and maybe I look at the topography, I look at, you know, I go over it on the side imaging. I try to understand what's going on down there. Where's that rocky, chunky vein? Or where's like, what is that animal doing in this zone that's like accessing him to food, you know, giving mm. him access to food and how should that food come into that spot? So taking a, a bigger picture of it and analyzing it like that might help with those follows. No, I, I, you answered, mm -hmm. I was going to follow up with what do you do when you get that? You just answered my question. You yeah. Get that follower right there. Right. Uh, the toying, like no one. Yeah. I think out of all the podcasts, no one said it that way. Like where, Makes sense. You just give it a little more. Oh, it's going to get a little more. Yeah. Give it a little more and see what happens. Like a, a little cat. more, but not too what much. A, a little more, not too much. Yeah. yeah, you'll you'll see it. You know, if you 
you went off too far and it's like, oh, I don't have a chance. Yeah. But if you let them think that like, oh, no, I can kind of get away, but my fucking, I'm broke. You know, my back's broke. <laughs> ah! You know, I'm down a wing. <laughs> Shit. Like you could get me. Um, <laughs> another question I had, uh, we're done with the questions. Thank guys. Um, was nice. a tendonitis. Oh my God. It's solved. So my friend Joe from performance yes. had the same issue. Yeah. Talk about what you did to kind of okay. help with that. Cause I'm so, sure a lot of dude, dudes, I had tendonitis real bad uh-huh. and it was to the point where it was like crying type and Damn. I'm, I don't cry motherfucker. Like, no, I'm, no, I'm just <laughs> I'm kidding. I do cry. Uh, I usually cry with like dog stuff. Um, <laughs> dog shows. But I had it really bad, and uh, what I I was really open to anything. Like, what can be done to solve this? So I went to acupuncture, mm-hmm. and I do think that it helped a lot. But it didn't like solve it like right away. It was still hurting, and the problem too was that like I was getting it so bad, the tendonitis, that like I'm not using that arm for other things like drinking coffee, so picking up this. So atrophy. my shoulder was also getting. I was starting to have like a really bad, like nerve pinching kind of feel in my shoulder oh, shit. that like started out with just, Ooh, what the hell was that move? Why did yeah. that movement hurt? And then yeah. like try to do it. No, no. And just certain movements were like, Oh shit. And it was, I think it was from not using the whole range of movement. Mm-hmm. So I went to the acupuncture. It helped out a lot. It was really weird. It wasn't pain. Full, but it wasn't fucking enjoyable either. They put it behind your ears. It felt like you ever play with like a chicken, a, a chicken foot, you yeah. know, like yeah. at a Chinese restaurant or something. Maybe you can, you know, sure, not everybody orders chicken feet except me and Oliver and I. But like <laughs> you pull on a tendon, or if you're bird hunting and stuff, you can pull on a certain tendon and it makes this like move. Yeah. It's like they were doing that with the pins. Like, oh, uh, oh, uh, shit. Like, uh, I feel like a puppet, you know, like, what are you doing? <laughs> And then they like hook it up to electricity and it like tick, 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 yeah. stimulates it. The way he explained it was like, you know, your, your fibers have been stretched and they've gone together wrong again. So we need to like reopen them and have them align the right wow. way and heal. So again, it kind of helped, but it didn't solve it. And it didn't. And like, as far as the shoulder, he was like, we don't have anything really. That's like, we can put a few pins here or there and see if that does it. But the shoulder, something else like, fuck. So then uh, this was all during the COVID time. And then I found like here, our uh, massage places and salons opened earlier than California. You guys probably never even opened at all. (laughs) But here they opened. And like that day, I was like, ooh, those places have opened again. And I hit like one of those up. A legit one, not the Asian like funny (laughs) business massage, like a legit one. Okay. And uh, I went to that and this guy was there um, and and I told him like, Hey, I'm here because I had had tendonitis really uh-huh. bad. My shoulder hurts a lot. Uh, I've been to acupuncture. It kind of helped him. He was like, you're going to, this is going to work better than acupuncture. And I was like, well, cool. Whatever. Like yeah. I'm open. I'm not, I'm not, you know, judging everything. it yeah. at all. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> and he was like, watch it will. And, uh, so he focused just on that one. And there was times when like he would grab my arm and like pull it, you know, so far back and, ah, and I heard it like, Oh, but it felt like a relief. Like, God, oh, dude, yeah. that feels so good. Like, it, yeah, it hasn't been, I haven't been using it in the right way. And then, uh, but it still kind of hurt after that still, but that again, that helped out a lot mm-hmm. also. And then 
that last trip that I took to San... Oh, when we were going to do the podcast. Okay. And I ended up going rockfish fishing with Purcell. Yeah. And uh, that morning, I'm like packing up my stuff. And again, I was like so sick and tired of... Now it was the shoulder pain. Mm-hmm. I was just like, fucking A, man. I almost want to cry. Yeah, <laughs> like, why yeah. is this happening? And I'm going to go and try to fish, like, you know, bottom, you know, rock fishing Ooh. with the jig and stuff. Yeah. And, like, this is going to kill me. Like, how, what's going on here? And I finally got so pissed off with it that I have one of those rollers. Because there was a time when I was kind of, like, doing triathlons or running mm-hmm. and all this kind of shit. And, uh, and I had one of those foam rollers. And I just got so mad, I put it against the wall and just, like, smeared my shoulder into it i was like ah, 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 pop, and i heard another like big pop and that was it so that it pain went away probably probably maybe, maybe i had a fucking dislocated shoulder maybe. the whole time i don't know but it, it felt like it was one little strip of tendon or something that was knotted wow. i finally busted it and then it like went back and you had it for how long dude i dealt with that for like two years three years oh, the, the 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 Elbow one mm-hmm. was like a solid two, three years that like it had kind of built up. And then the shoulder one was maybe six months of hell. Like I, Shit. that was something I needed to get like yeah. out of my life. And then here's a weird thing. One of my best friends, Ray, since I was a kid, you know, Ray has always been like very into like video games, comic books, kind of culture, cool mm-hmm. shit, never into any outdoor stuff. So it was <laughs> always like. You know, I grew up with people that like, yeah, this outdoors thing is something that I go do with my dad, with yeah. my family. You guys don't do this. That's fine. We're all still best friends, whatever. But he was also like always into martial arts. And uh, and we go hiking this day. And like, you know, we hadn't seen each other with the COVID stuff, too. And we go hiking and I tell him like, dude, I just got, you know, acupuncture and this and that. And, you know, I've been having this problem and. And I kind of show him like, yeah, you know, it's because like repetitive motion and I, we cast like this, but it's not the cast. It's then I put the rod under here and then I go like this and I, and I'm like, you know, retrieving at that time I was fishing a lot of soft baits. So I was really like, keep it all in line, you know, your rod pointed at your bait. And I was going like this and he's like, hold on a second. Like, let me explain something that I'm seeing right away in that technique of how you're holding that. He's like in this Wing Chun thing that we do, like he's like, we are always taught to keep our elbows in the second you pull them out. Now it's this muscle is the one doing all of the holding and your arm is not designed to do this. Your arms designed to do this. Yeah. Your bicep, your shoulder, your pec. It's designed to like hit stone, right? Like, It's designed to do this with your elbow in tight is where you have the most strength. So he's like, hold up your arm like that. And I'm, you know, you try to like keep me from pushing you down. I'm going to push down. And, I, you know, it was like an infomercial. Like when I tried to like this, like, oh, God, I almost <laughs> fell on the ground. And he's like, now keep your elbow in and I'm going to try, you know, hold your hand tight like this and I'm going to push down. And it's like, and I was like, oh, Oh, yeah. Our strength is from doing this. So he was like, yeah, our dude always elbows in and shoulders relaxed because I see that you're also like. So elbows in, shoulders relaxed. So you're doing the I same changed thing. My, I changed oh, my technique man. of how I hold it all and where that, you know, where that turn is coming more from the wrist really than like before it was coming from my elbow going like this. Mm-hmm. Now I turn it into a little bit more wrist and I have my elbow in and my shoulder relaxed and no more issues. Like it's done. It was purely 
anatomy, you know which probably I'm, do that the same thing. Yeah, you do? I'm so, and like in all of my, you know, in all of the hobbies I do, I'm very like technique oriented where it's like, no, 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 dude, you're standing the wrong way. Mm-hmm. How do you expect that bait to end up over there when you're fucking standing over here, like to cast it this way? And you're trying to like, uh, yeah, like, no, no, no. Set your shit up right. So for me, that was huge that mm-hmm. nobody had ever I'd never seen anything about this, about holding your elbows in in the fishing world. And uh, it, it's it's changed my life. So no, that's a great yeah, piece. Of keeping my elbows here, in and, it, sure. you know, it's all anatomical. It all has to do with how our body is designed. Like mm-hmm. we're not designed to do this all day. We're designed to do this all day. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So um, that, that changed it up. Let's uh, plug your guide service where everyone can get a hold of you. Ooh, so we've, uh, these last few, like my, I had an email. I mean, I had a website, mm-hmm. com. It'll take you to mannychioutdoors.com. Same thing. And, uh, when I first started this thing, like it was cool because people were really impressed by the website. It was kind of new. It was yeah. innovative, had videos. I'd get a lot of like, Oh dude, the website's badass. <laughs> oh yeah. No, thanks dude. <laughs> and then like, as the years went on, I never really updated it. Yeah. And then I never really heard anything again. It was kind of like, yeah, that dude's website's going to be whack. <laughs> And then all of a sudden I pay GoDaddy for their renewal and freaking it's gone. Like page not found. So my Shit. website like got deleted and mm-hmm. nobody could figure it out. The GoDaddy people, the, like they were just like, it's gone, dude. You got to build another one. So for a while I didn't have any website at all. And I was kind of like, fine, I don't need no fucking website. <laughs> like I got Instagram and I freaking, you know, like that. Yeah. But then I kind of got to thinking like, wait a minute, especially in today's days when you start realizing like, all of that social media stuff could go away any minute. Mm-hmm. Like any minute, somebody could shut down Instagram. They can shut down Facebook. They can shut down Twitter. Yeah. They can shut down YouTube. Like all that stuff can just go offline or change. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden your whole marketing ploy has gone to shit. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, okay. And one thing, you know, the COVID thing again taught me was like, go back to what I used to do, which is like the guerrilla marketing of it. Like, getting to the stores, taking those people fishing in the stores where like if somebody comes and, you know, comes to the Orvis store has been sending me a lot of trips lately. Like if someone comes there, you're the guy they think about like, Oh yeah, go with Manny. Oh, go with Manny. Mm-hmm. Go with Manny. So out in the world again. And part of that too was like, I do need that website. Like I do need something. And it, I don't want it to just be super basic landing page. I want mm-hmm. a little bit better, but I also don't want to be spending thousands of dollars on a website. So yeah. that website now has been being built again by my buddy, Kenny. And, uh, it's been a learning process for him too, but it's like, it's almost done. Like this week we'll be working on pretty much trying to wrap it up, you know, finish the Is last of the Manny things. Chi Outdoors? It's at manichi.com. Okay. okay. And again, that'll link you to manichi outdoors or manichioutdoors.com. And, uh, I like it. I like it a lot, dude. It's fucking cool. It'll be cool. Uh, yeah. It has like video stuff playing at the, the pictures now are like real nice and clear. Yeah. Uh, there's like a trip selector that kind of lets oh, you cool. know exactly okay. like, Hey, are you looking for this? This is what I offer the house, the, this, the, that a much simpler way of breaking it all down. Uh, you know, not too much wording and, you know, come and enjoy the freaking, you know, the wonderful, masterful uh, outdoors of Arizona. It's just like, dude, we're going swim bait fishing. Okay. Come to the fucking, the original swim bait experience two days or one day, you know? So, uh, I try to keep it simple and, yeah. uh, and I, I really like it. And then the cool thing too, is like, we, I have so many like cool pictures and memories and like, it, it was real easy, like real fun to just like, Oh, you know what? I, there's a certain how about was this picture work in here and mm-hmm. this tile and how about this for that tile and you know all this little video part for that 
So and and hopefully that one will grow into uh, where I also kind of do like a kind of trip report every time, whether it works or it doesn't. Like oh, mm-hmm. you know, so so came out, we did this, we did that, blah, blah, we saw this, we saw that. Blah, blah, blah. That's great. Yeah, and so, something of like a little bit of a blog without necessarily being like the cheesy blog that's you know, let me break down my idea of the glide <laughs> theory. <laughs> like nah, just fucking shut up and like this is what we saw today. This is what we did, which is so. great because then that gives you like a, a personal. Like a truthful experience, like, hey, yeah. it sucked a cock today. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, what Don't are you gonna come do? Out. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. like it happens. It's right. like anything else, you know, yeah. or you can learn. Um, thank you for having me and my son over. This is the oh, first. Thanks uh, for coming. Down. This is the longest I've uh, been away from my wife in twenty years a day. Hey, so, <laughs> come out for the manny. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thanks for giving us a room. If you guys want to come to an awesome experience, come check out Manny. Thank you. You want to plug any sponsors real quick? Lowdown Custom Rods. Uh, Big things coming in 2021. Awesome. That is the right thing. Yeah. Big things coming from Lowdown Customs, Swimbait Underground, uh, my hats and shirts. Thank yep. you guys, everybody, so much that bought those out so quickly and helped feed Hemi. Uh, <laughs> all proceeds go to Hemi's belly uh, <laughs> and some new shoes. <laughs> and new kicks. <laughs> yeah, new kicks. Working Class Zero. Uh, Mike's helped me out so much uh, with baits and knowledge and friendship. Uh you know, all the local stores, the hookup, Orvis, uh, Phoenix Fishing Supply, uh, everybody's just uh, been great along the way. Um, Optimum Baits, we definitely, uh, you know, this, it's helped me out a lot to not have yeah. to be buying all those slide swimmers and yeah. thumper tails and the boom booms. And, uh, you know, it, it's really cool how all of these have all been, uh, I feel like it's, like the right time, the right age, uh, the people that own these companies, whether it's Matt Pano, Ben Donati, you know, um, Chris Purcell, Mike Gilbert, we're all like in the same age range. We all like are very, you know, we're, we're similar people that I feel like even if it wasn't fishing, we would be friends if we were all thrown in a yeah. big group of people. We yeah. would be like, you know, these are the people that I gravitate towards. And uh, it, it's it's not just the products and the and the you know saving of money for my business that I'm not having to you know drop thousands of dollars yeah, and getting these gear. baits and rods and gear and clothing, uh, but it it you know it it's been this huge friendship and and really just you know enriching of the life experience. Yeah, that's why I mean it, so. it's cool to get all you guys that are friends on a one month. Yeah. Oh, that's know? awesome. So it'll yeah. be the next one will either be uh, Chris and Matt. I think it's gonna be Mike. Cool. Yeah. So it'll be Mike, Mike yeah, and then uh-huh. it'll be Chris and Matt, and then yeah. I'm waiting for confirmation on the last one. I'm hoping, I'm yeah. hoping it happens. I can't say yet <laughs> until I get a full confirmation <laughs> from Purcell. So if, if it does, you guys are going to have a banger of an end of the year. So. Oh, shit. Cool. Um, but uh, thanks again. New Year's party? <laughs> COVID party, bro. <laughs> uh, thanks again to Swimbit Underground for all the support and help over the time of the podcast. All you guys, everyone that's coming on this month has been a huge help, minus... One guy I'm trying to get on, Ben, <laughs> won't come on. You know? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, he, and not uh, because he doesn't want to, just because he's too nervous. <laughs> and he's like the funniest out of all of us ben, and the smartest. I think Ben's podcast would be amazing. Oh, I, it I would mean, be so good. He's so funny. But uh, same so thing, good. Ben, all these guys have helped build this podcast. I mean, yeah. uh, listenership, everything, the Patreon. Like, uh, I'm starting to actually get a little back on the podcast so it's amazing uh-huh. uh optimum same thing i think yeah. thank you to everyone for listening and uh if you can give us five stars on itunes and leave a positive review nice <laughs> all right thanks again man I appreciate thank it thank you nick <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs>